It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Guess what? It's raining outside and miserable. Good night to sit inside and watch a basketball game somewhere in this wonderful state. We welcome you to the program. Ryan Epling alongside Jordan Mounts and Bill Cornwell. Joe Limville out on assignment tonight. Rick Marone. Where is Rick? <laughs> you know, so. I haven't seen the guy the whole season so far. Well, um, I think he was here a couple weeks ago once. Um, yeah, Coach Marone's busy, and he will be with us uh, throughout the course of uh, the program moving forward through the rest of the year. First Friday night of the new year. Kind of surprised at the number of games that were played on January 2nd, Bill, yeah. because... January 1st being the holiday, there's really only so much you can do that day, and it feels like you're almost uh, putting yourself behind the eight ball a little bit. Well, uh, I think those were a lot of teams maybe that didn't take part in uh, tournaments during the between Christmas and New Year's time, and I think a lot of coaches said, we better get back to action or we're going to kind of lose our edge, and so that's why they scheduled games. We have a, a lot of games going on tonight. Uh, fortunately, weather not an issue in terms of canceling yeah. games. We have been so fortunate this year for that regard, although we did have a lot of rain that actually some hot water caused some game yeah. issues a couple yeah. weeks ago. But, uh, Jordan, anytime we can make it to January without having a substantial snowfall, I think we're doing all right so far. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm gonna, I, I'll definitely keep this weather that we've been having. You know, I'm, don't get me wrong. I love the, I love the 30 degree temperatures. But uh, you know, any any weather that allows you to play basketball, you know, and, and not have your ga- your games canceled, then that's a benefit on my on my end. We're actually looking for 60 degree temperatures in the. Uh, Charleston Huntington area this uh, Sunday. Man, break out the uh, break out the lawn chairs and the polos. It's almost <laughs> baseball season, boys. <laughs> right, and uh, we will. We have a lot to talk about um, over the course of this program. Of course, games that are going on tonight. We'll get you our first look at the scoreboard in just a moment. Um, we'll also have our standout athlete of the week uh, this week. We'll also talk about something very special that happened at the Raleigh County Armory. Um, last weekend, last Saturday. Fred Persinger II will join us a little bit later on to talk more about that. Um, still just uh, something that, that was eye-opening that caught my attention and uh, something that I definitely wanted to talk about here tonight. We'll do that um, in about 15 minutes or so from now. But, um, you know, scores are still coming in, guys. I mean, this is this is the time when we're starting to see finals that are, that are trickling in. You know, this full scoreboard we will work on throughout the course of the night. Uh, if you want to see it in its entirety at any time, basketballnight.com or follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. But you know what? It's time for a look at the first scoreboard of the night. We'll turn it over to Bill Cornwell with the Marshall University Sports Journalism basketballnight.com boys scoreboard. All right, let's look at that scoreboard first off. Uh, Wheeling Park Patriots playing uh, uh, Pittsburgh area school, Moon, Pennsylvania. Moon gets the win, 63-50. That's in the Cancer Research Classic. Berkeley Springs uh, loses to Frank Frankfurt by a score of 61-31. to Martinsburg, the end of third quarter score over Hedgesville. Big-time lead for Martinsburg, 44-17. 
Going overtime right now. Herbert Hoover and Mingo Central tied at 47. Lincoln County beat Scott 74-72. It was Midland Trail, a winner this evening over Meadow Bridge, 54-45. Halftime score, Morgantown beat Parkersburg South, 34-23. Hurricane gets a win over Musselman, 40-38. Princeton, halftime score. Actually, we have a, uh, a, a maybe a final on that right now. Bluefield beating Princeton 72-56. Just updated that. Tyler consolidated over Ravenswood 84-54. After three quarters, Summers County beat Valley Fa- or leading Valley Fayette 45-37. Partial score in the fourth quarter, Wyoming East over Westside 52-45. Final, Winfield beat Polka 51-46. And a fourth quarter score, Independence leading Liberty Raleigh, 40-38. And here's Jordan with a look at the girls' scoreboard tonight. Several games going on on the girls' side, several we don't have scores for. If you have scores for any of these games, make sure you tweet us at Basketball Friday Night on Twitter. Uh, Looking at the girls' scoreboard, we've got the Herbert Hoover Huskies. They took on the Liberty Raleigh Raiders. Huskies walk away victorious 46-25. We've got the Petersburg Vikings taking on the Pendleton County Wildcats. Final score of that one, 61-35. Southern Garrett Maryland High School taking on the Moorfield Yellow Jackets. Maryland walks away 50-48 with the win on that one. The Notre Dame Lady Irish taking on the Charleston Catholic Lady Irish. The Irish of Notre Dame won that game 41-12. Your score, final. The Lincoln County Panthers, 76. Point Pleasant, 56 in that double-A versus triple-A matchup. The Bridgeport Indians taking on the Preston Knights. Bridgeport walks away 75-38, final score in that one. The Fairmont Senior Lady Polar Bears taking on the East Fairmont Bees. The Polar Bears walk away victorious 78-32 in that one. The Huntington Highlanders taking on the George Washington Patriots. 61-53, the Highlanders get the win. The Kaiser Golden Tornado are taking on the Hampshire County Trojans. The end of the first quarter, the score 18-11 in favor of the Golden Tornado. And our final score reported at this time, the Parkersburg South Patriots taking on the Ripley Vikings at halftime, 23-10 in favor of Parkersburg South. That is a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Uh, scoreboard, of course, uh, looking for scores always look no more than the scoreboard here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Again, we'll talk much more about um, a, a, an historic night at the Raleigh County Armory. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on in the program. But, um, guys, something that, that caught my attention there going through the scores was a score that we actually – uh, had were able to update in the middle of that update um, that Bluefield was behind Princeton at halftime, sure. and the Beavers came out and outscored the Tigers by 17 in the second half. Ooh, wow! So, that, and that's a big rivalry game. Uh, those two teams um, just, just flat out get after it. I'm sure the the atmosphere was um, very nice for that one as well. And another one, I mean, guys on the boys' side mm-hmm. also. I don't know that I've seen a Ravenswood team struggle this much mm. in, in a long time. Uh, losing by 30 tonight to Tyler Consolidated. 
Um, that's obviously taking nothing from Tyler Consolidated, just that we're not used to seeing Ravenswood on, on that side of a, of a score um, on the boys' side. Of course, uh, last night there was a big girls' game at the uh, Parkersburg Fieldhouse. Huntington St. Joe, ranked number one in single A, defeated number one ranked triple A, Parkersburg on the road, and uh, that was a big win for the Irish in, in that one. They really weren't it wasn't all that close. Now, Maddie Mace did not play for Parkersburg. She is uh, one of the top players for the reigning AAA state champions. But uh, still, that was, that was one of those scores that I think, yeah, I don't know that it surprised anyone that follows really close. But for the people who just maybe follow along you know, through the newspaper or online just seeing score updates, that probably and, caught some attention. And was that maybe not the first West Virginia opponent St. Joe's played all season so far? I believe, no, because they, they played uh, Martinsburg okay. and Morgantown, and they beat those two schools Other by a combined that. 80 points. Other than that. Yes. They've and, been playing all over the East Coast. Yeah, they, they do not have a single-A opponent on the schedule uh, this year. So, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be in single-A for the postseason, but not through the regular season. In fact, they had a 16-point lead at halftime. Uh, it, it ended up being a 73-56 final. And uh, to go into the Parkersburg Fieldhouse and do that uh, is a big deal. Yeah, because that, that is a loaded Parkersburg girls team this year. Uh, very likely to come out of that Region 4 and go to Charleston. Uh, give you a side note on the, uh, on the boys' schedule tonight. Spring Valley and Woodrow Wilson were to have played at Spring Valley this evening, but uh, worked it out. Uh, they moved that game to the 26th of January, and here's the reason why. Because Spring Valley center uh, Doug Nestor is playing in the uh, uh, All-American all- All-Star game mm-hmm. down in, uh, I guess, is it in Texas? I believe. Mm. Anyway, he's, uh, he, he's playing he, tomorrow. He and Darnell Wright are in different right. games. I get exactly. confused over which ones it was. Darnell Wright, actually, I think maybe played last night, maybe. But, uh, but uh, yeah, Nestor is, is playing tomorrow. And obviously he wouldn't be here for basketball, and, and he's been playing very well for Spring Valley. So uh, they uh, begged off playing tonight, and they're going to play on the 26th of January out at Spring Valley. That should be a, a, a good basketball game. Spring Valley has played very well once they got their basketball legs. Once under they them. got their basketball legs, yeah. And uh, you know that 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 could be a very good ball game um, as well. And of course, again, we're going to talk more about Beckley here in a few minutes <laughs> because there was something. I'm going to tease this until I, I, I can't tell you that uh, just how um, odd, uh, not necessarily odd, but just how, you know, unusual. something that happened that's unusual. Yes, absolutely. And when you're talking about a program like that, um, that has had the success and the talent that it has had, it takes something to do something special yeah. at, that, at that school. Mm-hmm. And they did just that. Um, and, and again, scores still coming in uh, right now. And, Martinsburg's boys have been outstanding this year. They beat Hedgesville tonight mm-hmm. 53-26. You don't see Hedgesville, who is considered very good, Jordan. Yeah. They don't take them on a chin like that very often. No, but I had the chance to watch this Martinsville team last year at the Charleston Civic Center covering uh, the games up there. And uh, that's, that's a very athletic team. And it's not just their basketball program that's so renowned up there. Obviously, Martinsburg very well known for their football program who came into the season nationally ranked and that's just a school that produces athletes and you have athletes you can compete no matter what the sport is and another game of, of interest um 
at least within the Cardinal Conference, Winfield goes to the Dot Dome and beats Polka 51-46. Winfield's been a little up and down so far this year. That's traditionally one of the stronger programs in mm-hmm. Class AA Region 4, Section 1. And um, they get a big road win tonight. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you another a game that kind of catches my eye on the, the guy's side mm-hmm. was Hurricane going all the way up to the Panhandle, mm-hmm. Eastern Panhandle that is, and <laughs> taking care of Musselman. Kind of a low scoring wow. game, forty to thirty eight. But Lance Sutherland's Redskins are now eight and one. Watch out for Lance and the Redskins in AAA. Their only loss so far was to St. Albans, who yeah. hit a three pointer yes. late. Yes. And, it's, and I saw that video. It was posted by Jack Withrow. If you have a chance to look at it on Twitter, and uh, there's a defensive breakdown left a guy oh. wide yeah. open at the top of the key off the dribble. And mm-hmm. that's one of those that want back. But at the same time, you, we've talked about this at nauseum. You learn this time of year. You're still learning. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I guarantee you that should Hurricane be in that exact position again, they will not go underneath the ball screen no. at the top of the key. You know, I'll tell you another game, just looking at the scoreboard that's really catching my eye right now, is you've got the Mingo Central Miners and the Herbert Hoover Huskies in overtime on the boys' side. The Miners obviously have had a little bit of a rough season. They've started 0-6. Uh, Herbert Hoover at four and two at this time, but uh, another note I'm sure we've talked about it here basketball Friday night and some of the earlier seasons is two of Mingo Central's uh, star players have transferred into uh, Logan High School, so they're without uh, Drew Hatfield and his younger brother who just came up this year, Devin Hatfield. Uh, so that was a big loss for the for the Miners here, uh, especially uh, to a, a conference opponent. There are other games that are rolling in right now. University goes to Parkersburg in boys basketball and picks up a 25-point win. Guys, University is, is for real. Yes. That's a very good basketball team, and we'll talk more about them. We, we do expect to have Caden uh, Matheny on uh, in our third hour uh, tonight. He had an outstanding uh, beach ball classic at Myrtle Beach uh, against some uh, really good competition, mm-hmm. including a 35-point night against a nationally ranked ball club, a uh, game that, quite frankly, I think he and his university teammates will say they should have won that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but came up a little bit short against uh, Cox Mills, North Carolina. But um, tonight they pick up a win over Parkersburg. And a great game tonight down in, uh, in Raleigh County at Independence where Liberty gets the win over Independence 55-53. Rusty Udi will talk with him a little <laughs> bit later on tonight as well. But right now we're going to step aside and take our first break. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. Is it time for you to get in the game? Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. R.J. Klein, Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncie, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? 
Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. And tonight, you'll meet a new one. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And a shout out to some of our newest followers, including Marshall Tinney, Caden Matheny, Kevin Sammons, Cameron Wamsley. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9-17 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the fastest three hours in radio. Ryan Epling, Jordan Mounts, Bill Cornwell. Happy to have you with us as we are still working on getting all the scores updated as they come in uh, throughout uh, the night here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Um, one of the people we enjoy talking to is someone that you don't necessarily, again, we, we've, we've talked about this in the past, you don't hear about them in Charleston in March because that's not what they're playing for. Um, Calvary Baptist Christian School located in the Hurricane area um, ha- has had a really good season. We talked to them a couple weeks ago at the Ripley Tournament, had beaten St. Joe did lose in the championship of the Ripley tournament to Ripley, but has still had a very good season to this point. Brian Sexton is the public address announcer and voice of Calvary Baptist. And uh, Brian, uh, Calvary Baptist was a game with Ohio Valley Christian tonight. Brian Jordan and my old buddy Billy Cornwell, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing all right, Doing sir. all right, sir. Staying dry. There you go. Yeah, we uh, we played Ohio Valley Christian tonight. Beat them seventy four forty four here at home, and uh, that takes us down eleven and three. And guys, you mentioned the uh, the Ripley tournament, and that, and that was a tough one. I tip my hat to the to the Vikings. Not only a great host school for that holiday tournament, but uh, boy, down the stretch, they really uh, they played us tough. And that was a tough one for our kids. That was our fourth game of the week that week. We went three and one, and. Of course, losing to a AAA school like Ripley, you know, you, it, it does kind of deflate you a little bit. But our kids bounced back well tonight and uh, and turned the defenders over of Ohio Valley Christian 32 times in this ball game tonight. And uh, again, we were led by our our senior captain, point guard Isaac Massey, 28 for for Isaac tonight with five threes and. Again, just turned the intensity up in the second half, forced the defenders into a lot of turnovers, and and uh, came out of here with a victory tonight. Sometimes your best offense is created by your defense. Well, that's exactly right. And, and Ryan, I'll tell you something. We we fed the big boy early, our, our big 6'5 uh, junior center, Robert Clutter. He had 16, and, and really they didn't have an answer for Robert early in that game. And in the second half, we turned him over and got it out in transition. Uh, we got some easy buckets, got Isaac some looks on some open threes, and and just really started taking control of the game and, and putting it away. 
midway through the third in the fourth quarter, we kind of got to empty the bench. And um, as a dad myself, my son, who's a senior, got some, some action tonight as well. So I'm always happy about that when he gets some playing time. Always good to to see the lineage at play. And uh, like I said, a nice win tonight for for Calvary Baptist and back in action uh, next I believe that's Tuesday, correct, at Grace Christian? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're at Grace Christian. And, and, Ryan, I'll say this, and, Billy, you know, next week's a, a big week for us because we've got two conference games. Yeah. We've got Grace mm-hmm. Christian School uh, on the road, and then we go to Cross Lanes Christian School. And, and both of those, man, are going to be gut checks for us. And we're 11-3 and three now on the season. And if, if we can come out of next week with a couple of victories, that's really going to give us a, a big boost going into uh, – into the teeth of our schedule. Not only do we have conference foes, but guys, uh, the 25th or 26th, we go down to Johnson Central and play Sheldon Clark. And, of course, as you guys know, uh, they're led by by big Mr. Trey James, uh, big 6'10 kid who Kentucky and Louisville and a bunch of D1 programs are looking at. So, you know, again, that's a few weeks down the road. If if we can kind of get through this gauntlet of a schedule we've got, I think we'll be in good shape. Yeah, Brian, look, look at those games next week. As far as uh, Christian schools in West Virginia, uh, th- those have to be your rivals right there. I mean, uh, long history between Grace Christian and uh, Crosslands Christian and your guys. Billy, you hit the nail on the head. And, and again, you've kind of got that, that big three triumvirate for us of, of Tays Valley Christian, Grace Christian, and Crosslands. And, Again, I, I take no disrespect or anybody else, you know, Wood County Christian on our on our schedule or in the WV Cat, but you know, Grace is always a game we get up for. Cross Lanes is always a game we get up for, and 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 those are, you know, again, those are wars. I mean, you you, you think you know these kids are playing Christian school? Man, they're hard nosed. They're competitive. Uh, they can they, those kids can get after each other a little bit, and so yet Billy, to your point, you know, again, it's it's going to be a, a, a challenge for us next week, but hopefully our kids are ready for it. Brian, always a pleasure. Ryan, we'll talk to you guys next week. Billy Jordan, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. That's Brian Sexton, public address announcer and broadcaster of Calvary Baptist Christian, as they get a win tonight over Ohio Valley Christian. Let's go right back to the phones. I want to set this call up real quick. Okay. Woodrow Wilson High School, Beckley, is, uh, I, I think that's the standard bearer in terms of programs long-term currently within the state of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there can be some arguments made, but I think that's uh, at least a safe bet that they're in the upper echelon uh, with the talent that's gone through there over the years. You think back you know, even before Tamar Slay, before uh, some of those guys who played, uh, you know, 20 years ago or more now, and Beckley's always synonymous with good basketball. So when you set a school record at Beckley at Woodrow Wilson High School, you have accomplished you are something. You are doing something. Yes, and that yeah. is exactly what happened last week, uh, last Saturday, in a loss. Uh, uh, in a loss, Bryce Radford of Woodrow Wilson scored 50 points. In a game, he had 41 at halftime in a 107-90 loss. Fred Persinger the second WJLS Radio, was there. He joins us now. And, Fred, I can't imagine seeing someone score 41 points in a half. I, it was uh, something I, I've called basketball games now for 28 years, and I have never seen that. And, I mean, I've seen, you know, you, I've seen Randy Moss play. I, you know, <laughs> you know, Tamar, Brian Lacerto, and, 
uh, all these guys who played for Beckley. I have never seen anybody score 41 points in a half. Bryce was 14 of 20 shooting in the first half of play. And if folks are familiar with the Raleigh County Convention Center, there's a WVU Tech logo of a Golden Bear about 30. And he made one from there. It was just in his own. I talked to him a little bit before the Beckley game last night. Beckley played Riverside last night and won that game 72-54. So I had a chance to talk to Bryce a little bit before that game. And he told me, he said, it felt like I could have thrown anything from anywhere it was going to go in. He was just in that zone. He hadn't felt that way before. Uh, but then he comes right back and says, it sucks, though, because we lost the game. Uh, so, you know, it's great to have the record, but uh, losing the game 107 to 90 uh, to uh, First Love Christian out of Washington, PA, he wasn't too happy about that. But uh, he, has, he told me, he said, he hasn't sunk in yet exactly what he's done. But when you think about, you know, Beckley basketball, and I heard what you said, and I, I know I'm a little biased, but I still think Beckley's the best basketball program in the state of West Virginia when you look at the history with 102 years, only eight losing seasons, 1,700 wins. You know, 16 state championships, 78 sectional championships. I, I put those numbers up against any high school in the country. Uh, and when you think about that record setting there since 1964, Buddy Gravely scored 48 points against Huntington East back in 1964. And you think about the players that have came through since that time period, and nobody scored more than that. And then Bryce goes off for 50 uh, in a game and 41 in the first half. It, it really is amazing. Fred, I, I, I want to see how. Uh... Ron Kidd handled this because uh, I watched Ron's teams for years, and I mean he's very much a coach that involves the entire team. That's team basketball. But man, when a guy gets hot like that, you got to let him go. Yeah, and that's what happened. I mean, but the thing, and I give I give Bryce a lot of credit. I mean, he was fourteen of twenty in the first half, but in the second half. First Love Christian came out and changed the defense. Uh, they, they brought their 2-3 zone up into midcourt and really uh, stopped Bryce from penetrating and finding those open looks that he had in the first half. Bryce only took eight shots in the second half. And, and so many times you see guys who get on that roll and have a big first half, they come out and try to force up everything in the second half. Bryce didn't do that. I mean, he only took eight shots in the second half, and, you know, he finished with 50 points in the game, only nine in the second half. But he got other guys involved and in that game. You know, Beckley had the lead at halftime, 52-43. First Love comes out, and, and, and I'll give you an amazing stat here in a second for First Love, but First Love came out, and they jumped out. They went on a 16 nothing run at the end of the third quarter to the fourth quarter. Then Beckley fought back, and it was down by two points after being down by 15 or 16 points. So, I mean, the, the team concept is, was still there for Beckley the entire game, even though Bryce had that first half uh, like he had. But when you talk about First Love Christian in that game, they scored 64 points in the second half. They scored 64 points on 23 shots. Mm. I mean, that's how well they were doing in that second half of play. So, uh, you know, First Love Christian, a ball club that has uh, three Division One players on their team, a very, very good team. And uh, for Beckley and Bryce Rafford to do what he did and, and, and still lose the game, he wasn't happy about that. But uh, it was still an amazing performance. And Fred, Beckley is off to a uh... An uncharacteristic start, but I think that uh, with that young nucleus, I mean, Radford's obviously a senior. He's the leader of that ball club for all intents and purposes, but uh, I don't think that people who looked at the schedule early in the season necessarily thought that this Woodrow team would be able to run through that caliber of schedule, but have you seen the level of play increase since the beginning of the season? Yeah, I mean, when you look at what Beckley has done early on, they're sitting at 2-4 and four right now. The two wins are Wyoming East and last night against Riverside. 
But you look at their losses. They lose to First Love Christian, who's a national team out of Washington, PA. We lose to Logan, 77-76. We lose to uh, University, 93-83. to I mean, Beckley is averaging 75 points per game, but yet we're sitting at 2-4. and four. Uh, Just there's little things that are going on with Beckley defensively uh, that they will get fixed. And then I think once they get fixed, they're going to be a team that's going to be a, a tough out by the time tournament time gets here. I mean, the, the defense is coming around. You're right. They are playing – some young guys, a sophomore by the name of Ben Gilliam, who uh, big kid inside, 6'3", 6'4". Uh, he is just learning how to play back with basketball, and, and he's he scored uh, double figures the last three games. He's now averaging about nine points per game. There's another sophomore coming off the bench. His name is Aiden Hintz, uh, who is going to be an outstanding player for this Beckley team. You, you talk to the coaches, and they say Aiden is the best athlete on the team. Uh, he's going to be very good for Beckley. He's fighting injuries. Uh, we just get Richard Law back last night. Uh, he played a quarter and a half of the JV game, scored 11 points, played a little bit in the varsity game. So starting to get him back, he has some uh, uh, playing time from last year. And then, you know, a kid, we, we expect Bryce and Danny Bickey to do what they're doing. They're both averaging, you know, well, Bryce right now is averaging 27 a game. Uh, but Danny Bickey's averaging about 15 per game. We expected that for those kids. But there's a kid, Micah Hancock, who is coming back from a knee injury last year uh, and a broken leg injury from last year during football season. So he's playing now. And he's he scored double figures the past four games, and he's averaging now 11 points per game. He scored 15 last night and had about eight or nine rebounds. So things are starting to come together for this Beckley team. There's also a young freshman that's playing on the freshman team right now and playing JV ball that expectations are high for. His name is Maddox Millen. Uh, you hear a lot about it, especially in football season. He'll probably come in as a starting quarterback uh, for the Flying Eagles next year. So there's a, a lot of good young talent coming up. It's now just getting those kids to understand what Beckley basketball is about and, and going in knowing they're going to get the other team's best shot every time out. And uh, once they learn that, I think this Beckley team is going to be a tough out by the time the tournaments get here. Fred, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you all soon. Thank you very much. That's Fred Persinger, the second WJLS radio and Beckley voice of the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles. We've got to step aside and take break number two. When we come back, we'll have another check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns after break two here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online, vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the voting results with you. Last week's question, should the 22-game regular season limit be changed? Well, 56% of you said more than 22 games. This week's question, should the number of practices required by fall athletes before winter sports be reduced further? Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Again, you've got till 11.45 tonight, and at the end of the show this evening, we'll share the results with you. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We are West Virginia's high school basketball voice. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, like many joining us on Twitter. Follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. 
Tweet us your team scores. Give us your comments on the game. Also, we'd like for you to send us your pictures. If you're watching right now, our high-definition stream, you'll see pictures sent to us from fans and teams all over the state of West Virginia. We appreciate you doing that. Send us your pictures at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can find us on Facebook. Send them to us that way. You can also email them to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Two out of three ain't bad. Ryan Epling alongside <laughs> Jordan Mounts. That's a good song, too. Bill yeah. Cornwell, yeah. The, the, the great lyricist Meatloaf with, <laughs> with that one. <laughs> Happy, yeah, yeah. there you go. Happy to have you along on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First Friday night of 2019. And, uh, boy, I can't believe we're already in 2019. But, uh, you know, we, we are just, just trucking right along this I mean, season. A couple mm-hmm. weeks, we're at the midpoint. Think Shoot, about it. In about a month, we're going to start talking about sectional tournament sectional play. Tournament. Start, Absolutely. We'll, be, you know, we'll actually start to talk about that. So yeah. we're really only four shows away from from that becoming a a true discussion, especially when you talk about seating, mm-hmm. yes, and exactly. Even though I know it's an imperfect system because human, anytime you got the human element, it's going to be imperfect. But um, I still think that making every game matter, although they don't make the last week of the season matter because you have to have them done like a week in advance mm-hmm. in terms of turning in your seatings. Mm-hmm. But making every game matter which is similar to how football does it, even though football uses a hard-line numbers scale system to, to do its ratings. But at least uh, making every game count for something has really helped um, the regular season in, in West Virginia, uh, I, I think, anyway. Because used to, you're, I mean, there were some sections that you knew who you were playing in the sectional semi when the season started, mm-hmm. you already knew your opponent. You knew if you were getting a bye into the championship. And uh, I, I really like what they've done. Can we do better? Maybe. But I think we've definitely, over the past 20 years, from where we were even 15 years ago to where we are today, have definitely made good strides in that. Again, every game matters in the state of West Virginia in one way or another. And as we've been talking over the last half hour, our crew behind the scenes has been working nonstop, feverishly, working to get you all the scores as they come in all across West Virginia on this rainy, but not too cold Friday night. It's a little chill, but not too bad. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get them all by the time the night is done. So we'll, we'll put out a call for some scores a little bit later on in terms of specific ones that we're looking for. But wait no more. It's time for another check of the Marsh University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit BasketballNight.com. I'll start out with the girls' scores this time around, and Jordan will have the boys' scores in just a moment. First, girls' basketball tonight. Herbert Hoover defeats Liberty Raleigh 46-25. to 
It was Petersburg picking up a 61-35 win over Pendleton County. Also tonight, Southern Garrett, Maryland. A tight two-point win over Moorfield, 50-48. Southern Garrett gets the win. Notre Dame defeats Charleston Catholic, 41-12. Lincoln County picks up a win over Point Pleasant, 76-56. The Bridgeport Indians girls basketball team defeats Preston tonight, 75-38. Fairmont Senior wins its ninth consecutive game. The Polar Bears defeat East Fairmont, 78-32. Huntington Picks up a big win tonight over George Washington, 61-53. The Highlander girls get the win. Kaiser leading Hampshire 18-11 at the end of the first. We're working on updates on that one. Also tonight at halftime, Parkersburg South with a 23-10 lead over Ripley. Jordan now has the boys score. If you have any of these scores that we do not have, games going on around the Mountain State, make sure you tweet us their scores at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Looking at the boys scoreboard. We got Moon, Pennsylvania taking on the Wheeling Park Patriots. 63 to 50 in favor of Pennsylvania. We got the Frankfurt Falcons taking on the Berkeley Springs Indians. The Falcons get the big, get the win in that one, 61 to 33. The Falcons held the Indians to a set to only seven second half points in that game. The Webster County Highlanders taking on the Gilmer County Titans. Highlanders get the win, 74 to 49. The Martinsville Bulldogs get the big victory over the Hedgesville Eagles. Very talented teams going on, taking a game going on up in the Eastern Panhandle. Bulldogs get the win, 53-26 in that one. The Herbert Hoover Huskies taking on the Mingo Central Miners. In overtime, the Huskies get the victory, 57-53. Oak Glen, the Golden Bears taking on John Marshall, the Monarchs. The Golden Bears get the win, 59-48. The Lincoln County Panthers taking on the Scott Skyhawks. Close one, this one, 74-72 in favor of Lincoln County. The Midland Trail Patriots taking on the Meadowbridge Wildcats. The Patriots get the win, 54-45 in that one. The Morgantown Mohegans traveled to Parkersburg South to take on the Patriots. Mohegans walk away victorious, 72-70. The Hurricane Redskins traveled to take on the Musselman Appleman. Big win right there for Hurricanes, 40-38. The University Hawks taking on the Parkersburg Big Reds. The Hawks get the win on the road, 82-57. The Bluefield Beavers taking on the Princeton Tigers down in the southeastern part of the state. The Beavers walk away with a victory, 72-56. Tyler Consolidated Knights traveling to take on the Ravenswood Red Devils. A little bit of a shocker, this one. 84-54, Red Devils fall to 1-8 on the season. Out of class single A, the Tug Valley Panthers traveled to take on the Sherman Tide. Tug Valley forced 29 turnovers in this one with 20 steals. The Panthers get the win, 61-24. It was the Summer County Bobcats taking on the Valley Fayette Greyhounds in their final season. The Summers County Bobcats get the win, 45 to 37. South Galia, Ohio, traveled to take on the Wahama Falcons on the road. The South Galia walks away with the win, 64 to 34. It was the Warriors of Wyoming East traveling to take on the Westside Renegades. 
The Warriors win. Uh, the Warriors get the win, 57 to 51. This is the fourth year in a row that the Warriors get the win at Westside. It was the Winfield Generals traveling to take on the Polka Dots. Generals get the win, 51 to 46 in that one. The Work County Tigers travel to take on the Ritchie County Rebels. 43 to 40 is your score in that one. Tigers get the win. And our last one, our last score here for boys basketball that we have reported at this time. The Liberty Raleigh Raiders taking on the Independence Patriots. Raiders get the win, 55 to 53. That is a check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball.com scoreboard. And we actually had one added as Jordan was going through it on the boys' side as uh, Brooke Bruins lose to Beaver Local of Ohio. 61 to 40. Just added to the list. Hey, the crew behind the scenes, they don't right stop. On. They do we're, not stop. We're doing the scoreboard. They're updating it at the time. So uh, definitely a big shout-out for them for all they do. You know, Bluefield and Princeton, Mercer County Showdown, always uh, always good when those two schools get together because uh, you end up with a good atmosphere. Bluefield's been uh, the better team. Pull out the cliches. Yes. <laughs> Throw, Throw out, out the records. records. Yes. Yeah. Anyone you can think of. And uh, you can apply it to that Bluefield-Princeton rivalry. Bluefield also has a very nice rival with Graham. It's nice to kind of have those local schools there that you can play that are, you know, right across the border. In Graham's case, we're just about eight miles up the road. In Mm -hmm. Princeton's case, from Bluefield. The Beavers trailed Princeton tonight at halftime, but come roaring back in the second half to stay undefeated with a 16-point win. Buster Large is the head coach of the Beavers. And, Coach, what was the difference between the first half and second half (laughs) tonight? Well, uh, you know, obviously, uh, thank you for having me on. We uh, we didn't play all that great the first half, but we played well enough to stay within the game. We were down uh, one at halftime, and we're able to uh, make some great adjustments. Our assistant coaches made some great adjustments at halftime, and uh, that was the big difference, I think. Uh, you know, we came out, and uh, one, another big uh, plus for us, we had 28 points off the bench, uh, which was, uh, you know, huge uh, uh you know, help by, you know, just having depth to be able to come in a big game like that and able to win. That was your third game of the year this year on Princeton's home floor. I think you've played there almost as often as they have. You were in the Princeton tournament earlier this year. <laughs> well, yeah, it, you know, it seems like, obviously, we were over two weeks ago, and, uh, you know, we, 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 we sort of like that place. Uh, we, 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 you know, we've played a lot of sexual games there over the years, and uh, it's been good to us, and, uh, it was good to us tonight. You know, uh, Princeton was really uh, ready for us. Uh, a huge crowd, a packed house, and, uh, you know, very emotional on both sides. And uh, fortunately, we were able to, you know, get it together there in the second half and get a big win. A basketball coach wears many hats. And I hate to get into the financial side of things because we actually love the basketball itself. It all ties in together, though. You've got the natural rivalry with Graham, Virginia, right across yes, the border. You've got the natural rivalry with Princeton as well. I think that helps your team. It helps your gate. It helps playing good atmospheres. I think you're kind of in a fortunate situation there. Well, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm, uh, believe it or not, uh, you know, Bluefield. I mean, Bluefield and Graham are only about three, three miles apart, and uh, and then you, you turn around. We got Princeton about another seven miles down the road. So, uh, you know, we we have. Uh, uh, you know, we, we've developed a great rivalry uh, within uh, Princeton and Graham. But uh, like I say, we 
we got some big games coming up and looking forward to them. Coach, you, it's been on. It was been almost two weeks, over two weeks between games for you. I'm sure you had to be concerned coming into the night about maybe uh, losing your edge a bit. Uh, yes, we were off 14 days, and uh, our kids were really looking forward to get back to it. Uh, we worked extremely hard in practice, and my sister coaches have worked extremely hard in developing, developing these young kids. And uh, you know, it's a it's a great opportunity for us to get better. And uh, like I say, I'm, I'm real happy where our team is right now, and, and we're really uh, looking forward to getting in the thick of things in the next few weeks. Every team presents its own challenges, and you're getting ready to go up against James Monroe on Tuesday night uh, in Linside. They have a 6'10 kid, Mackenzie Mann. How do you prepare for someone that tall? Well, you know, we don't. Uh, you know, we, well, we, we've got a little size ourselves with Sean Mark, you know, 6'7", 240. Uh, not only uh, a good basketball player, but also uh, a, a great football player. And uh, and like I say, we, we uh, you know, we're, we're, you know it, it, he's a great great shooter, uh, mid-range, uh, three-point range, good basketball player, and we'll have our hands full. Buster Large, head coach of the Bluefield Beavers. Thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on the win tonight. Thank you so much, and uh, I really enjoy your show and really appreciate uh, you having me on. Oh, we greatly appreciate that. Once again, Buster Large, head coach of the Bluefield Beavers boys teams. Before we take this break, I want to mention something real fast. Um, earlier this week, Keith Barker, who was the Long-time scorekeeper at Parkersburg South uh, passed away yesterday, and uh, they had a moment of silence uh, on the south side of Parkersburg before their game tonight with Morgantown. And um, it's because of people such as Keith Barker that help make these games go. And when I say go, I'm talking about keeping stats, keeping the score books correctly. It takes someone when you have someone's reliable. To do that for you, Bill, it takes a lot of pressure and off the head coach and off the program. Having someone to administer the game for you takes so much off the coach because you want to coach your team. You want to put a strategy together. You don't want to have to worry about uh, running the clock or you don't have to mm-hmm. worry about filling out the scorebook. You need a good score, and these folks are so valuable. So all those unsung <laughs> heroes out there, uh, are, we tip the, uh, our hat to you. Uh, for all the work that you do as well. And, uh, again, it was a tough night for basketball tonight uh, in Parkersburg, yeah. at least at Parkersburg South High School. Yeah. Once again, Our condolences to Coach Fallon, I'm yeah. sure, and all those folks with the Patriots. Absolutely. We're going to step aside for break three. When we come back, well, we'll go back to the phone lines. Mark Witt. We'll talk about the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. Always, always a great event the historic Williamson Fieldhouse. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. 
Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. If you've got an upcoming tournament scheduled, let us know about that too. Call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Again, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And if you're watching the video feed right now, you see lots of pictures from games and teams all around the Mountain State. We want you to send us your picks. Send them to us by Twitter, Facebook, or you can email them. Email them to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. A shout-out to some of the latest Twitter followers, including Marshall Tinney, Caden Metheny, Kevin Sammons, Cameron Wamsley, Jim Ambrose, Sundry, Chapin Jewell, and Jeremiah Mason. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. <laughs> you give Fred Dameron a challenge. <laughs> there you go. It's Ryan Epling, Jordan Mounts, and Bill Cornwell with you here tonight on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone. Um, we got to talk to Rick about this whole scheduling Friday activities. Uh, I, I mean, I said it last month. He's ducking us. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like uh, like like Rick Marone is uh, is intentionally uh, dodging us. Be disrespected. Uh, well, I mean, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do, I guess. But um, you know, Coach Marone, come back sometime. You're always welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, you know, he's part of the stall words of the show but nonetheless this is basketball friday night in west virginia passes three hours in radio we're almost through hour one already i feel like we've just got started you know something that hasn't just got started is the hatfield mccoy shootout we're one week away from that spectacular event at the historic williamson Fieldhouse. 17 mark years witt. now yes mark witt joins us now on the program he is a director of uh, that tournament and or that, that shootout, I should say, it's not a tournament. But uh, Mark, it's a fun time of year for everyone involved in the in, in the community with that event. It sure is, guys. Everybody's pretty excited down here. I, uh, I've been waiting a few a uh, few weeks to get the uh, final schedule, and you know, I had a little confusion with everybody getting the schedules out last year. So you know, I said, hey, let's, let's make sure one guy gets it out and it's correct this time, so nobody has confusions and. I'm so appreciative of uh, Fred Dameron and you guys uh, working hand in hand with us, and got one of our local guys there. To, you got Jordan there helping you, and and uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, getting a good word out about basketball across the state of West Virginia, specifically here in Southern West Virginia. Sometimes we get forgotten down here, as you guys well know, and uh, we uh, we're, we're appreciative of what you guys do for 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 our student athletes across the state of West Virginia. Well, 
you getting some rest before this tournament? I mean, or not again? I keep calling it a tournament. It's a shootout, uh, two day event, four games Friday, and then uh, all day Saturday. That is true. Not not getting a lot of rest. I had a ball game tonight. had a had a great game tonight. I officiated and got a game tomorrow, and then got four games next week before we roll into uh, Friday, bringing these uh, bringing these teams into uh, the historic Williamson Fieldhouse for the Jeff Simpkins Hatfield McCoy Shootout 2019. Uh, Seventeen years running. Uh, it's amazing how 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 time flies and. You know, we started this thing uh, way back with uh, Mr. Don Blankenship with Massey, and uh, we had the uh, Massey Invitational there where we tried to bring some teams in from Virginia. He and my brother Mike, who's you know, since passed, uh, we, they worked on that side, and all I did at that time was try to take care of referees for them. And uh, we had four to six teams is all we brought in. And, uh, and then Coach uh, Roger Harless, uh, when, when Massey sort of uh, got out of it and sold out, uh, we... Uh, we kept the thing going, tried to bring eight or ten teams in, and you know, I guess I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but uh, we tried to expand it up, tried to do 16, 18 teams, and lo and behold, we're we're up to about 18 teams this year from uh, from two states and 12, 14 counties. I don't know how many, but uh, anyway, we think we have a wonderful lineup this year. We've got some new teams coming in. Uh, ranked in the state of West Virginia, ranked in the state of Kentucky, uh, several D1 players uh, that'll be here. We got uh, several college coaches coming in to uh, evaluate talent this year, and we're, you know we're not talking. And, and I know it's all important, but you know we got several D1 uh, coaches coming in uh, uh, Friday evening and Saturday to uh, to look at the talent this year, and uh, we're sort of excited about it, guys. Mark, uh, it's uh, so special. Having these games at the at the Williamson Fieldhouse. I mean, uh, I grew up uh, going to games uh, at, at Williamson Fieldhouse uh, as a visitor, and the place always intrigued me. It was for for a smaller community like Williamson, to me, it was a it was a big time venue, and, and I think it's important. I think you guys do a good job of it, kind of explaining to the youngsters who come and play now, you know, the, the heritage there and the history of that great venue. That is so true. You know, uh, you, you hear about all these great players, you know, on a collegiate level. And, you, you know, when you come to the field house, you know, the, the, the guys that's played in the NBA, Hal Greer, Jerry West, mm-hmm. Hot Rod Hundley, you know, <laughs> you know, the list goes on. Did you go to collegiate people? Mark Klein, you know, assistant coach at, uh, he and I played together back in, in grade school before he decided to go to Williamson. I stayed at Mate One, but, uh, you got him at uh, you know you, 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 Willie Acres. It list goes on and on. And while my brother was director there, he and Cecil Hatfield they they worked with the Hall of Fame committee. Kyle Lubbard's very very involved with that right now. Uh, they walk down that hallway and look at all these pictures of the people in the Wimson Hall of Fame, and also look at the things of people who came through that building and dribbled a basketball. And uh, it is pretty intriguing, and you know we we got a lot of heritage heritage and uh, and, and tourism stuff going in in, in Mingo County right now. <clears throat> we started the Hatfield McCoy Trail System, and you know that's probably the, the number one tourism uh, uh, economic development project going on in the state of, in the state of West Virginia right now. Uh, there's that tax dollars that they generate off of that uh, uh, is out doing the whitewater rafting and snow skiing industry combined. And we put that in. Uh, people thought we were crazy doing that. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know we've got chain chain motels, chain restaurants, things that we didn't see down there. And it's providing opportunities for our kids, our future, to to have jobs. And and hopefully some of these people you know will decide to be entrepreneurs and 
and go on and provide housing for these teams that are coming in right now. So that's, that's a good thing for our community. Uh, the Heritage Air at the uh, Fieldhouse is second to none. And what a venue. You know, I've been blessed. I've, I've refereed all across the state of West Virginia and the state of Kentucky. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, to be on a floor officiating with fans upstairs, packed out, you know, he's got 2,500 to 3,500 people and they're screaming. It is a, it's an awesome venue, as you said. And, uh, and, and these teams that come in, they're just in awe. You know, Mark, just looking at the schedule for some of the games that you have here this year, not only do you have the local teams, the in-county teams, but there's other teams that, that are just that are out of county but also local. The Belfry Pirates, Pikeville Panthers, uh, Sheldon Clark, just right across the border there in Martin County. But not only those, but you have teams that are from even even a little bit further away. You're South Charleston, Wyoming East, uh, uh, Mann. They're a little bit on the local side, but uh, you know some some other teams that are that are a little bit further out. So, talk to us. Tell me, how did you get the uh, uh, the talent pool and just the teams to commit here to the area? Mark, Mark, I hate to interrupt what? you here real quick because we're right up against the uh, bottom of the hour break here. Can we just keep you through the through the break and uh, we'll get you we we'll get that from you at the top of the next hour. I'll do whatever you guys need to do. I'll be right here, okay? All right. I apologize for that. We're just uh, we're on a hard break coming up here in just a couple of seconds. So, uh, no apology needed. All right. We'll get back to Mark Witt in a moment. Uh, while we have a second here, I do want to say that the schedule is out from the Williamson Daily News. We'll work to get that onto basketballnight.com. But Wyoming East versus South Charleston, Westside Scott, Tug Valley Hurricane, Mingo Central, and Phelps. Those are all Friday, Saturday. Uh, more games than I have time to tell you about right now. So we'll be back with Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. One is already in the books. This is already to break four of the program. Seems like we just got started, guys. Phone lines are backing up. We promise we will get to all those as quickly as we can when we come back with Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including... WKQV, Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7, Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX, Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY, Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News, Radio 92.5 FM, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburg, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits, 106 WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW and Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton, The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, 104.5 FM, 
WASPLP Huntington, 101.1 FM WVWPLP in Wayne, 90.7 FM WFGH4K, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. It is 10 o'clock on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Jordan Mounts, Bill Cornwell. Um, if you want scores, go to our website, basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter. Check that feed out at hoops underscore roundup. We'll get you a full scoreboard a little bit later on in the hour. We are backed up right now. Uh, we're talking with Mark Witt uh, about the Hatfield-McCoy shootout taking place at Williamson next Friday and Saturday. I'll set the schedule for you for Saturday. Man plays Phelps, Kentucky at 10.30. So Phelps is going to play the 9.30 p.m. game Friday night and the 10.30 a.m. game on Saturday. Scott will take on East Ridge, Kentucky at noon. Spring Valley and Wesley Christian will play at 1.30. The circuit riders of Wesley Christian. Mm-hmm. Good team. Yes. yes. Uh, a, a national type program yes. there. Uh, South Charleston will take on Shelby Valley, Kentucky at 3.00. Lincoln County and Westside will meet at 4.30. Lincoln County's off to a great start, guys, as well. Wyoming East and Sheldon Clark, Kentucky at 6. Mingo Central against Cross River rival Belfry, Kentucky at 7.30. Belfry, Kentucky, by the way, for those who don't know, is closer to Williamson than Mingo Central High School is. Um, Also, Tug Valley and Pikeville, Kentucky, will meet Saturday at 9. There will be a bunch of folks in the stands for those last two games Saturday night. Should be a lot of fun. And, Jordan, you had a question for Mark Witt. Yeah, Mark, uh, the question was, just looking at the schedule, you've got teams not only that are in-county and very local, but you've got some teams that are from a little bit further away. And I was uh, just asking you, how did you go about getting the game schedule, the team's, well, team schedule to come in here to this, uh, the tournament here that, that you have? Hey, Jordan, uh, you know, it's a good question. You know, I, I think one thing, you know, officiating across the state of West Virginia and, and, and working state tournaments in both states, our credibility here, you know, the crew that I had with my brother, Mike Collins, for almost 28 years, coaches get a little bit of confidence. And when, when you talk about people coming and, and, and putting on a premier event, you know, treating the kids right, you know, giving them T-shirts, Having their food set up for them, and you know, at the at the arena, if they want to go do a tourism uh, thing and go look at the actual coal house, a mate one massacre, whatever it may be, and we we set those tours up for them. But a lot of these guys, some I went to college with, but most of them I've officiated for, and uh, just been blessed that you know they they want to come down. Um, Pikeville, this first year I've had Elijah. You know he played over Shelby Valley. Uh, you know he's done a heck of a job at Pikeville, Kentucky. Uh, a, a good young coach. Uh, wouldn't be surprised sometimes see him on a collegiate level. And uh, just been blessed. You know Vic, Vic Herbert's been a he's been a mainstay here since we started, and I got involved with this team on bringing teams in. Uh, South Charleston's been here every year. 
uh, Lance over at uh, at uh, Hurricane. Just just good guys that I've developed good not only friendships with them, but on the professional side on a, on a basketball court. Um, these guys have a little confidence on what's going on, and they and they you know they talk about how their kids are treated uh, when they come into Williamson, and from the time they get here, do they get off the buses or the vans, whatever they come in, until they get back and go home. We we feel like we we put on one of the premier events in the, in the state of West Virginia. We try to compensate them financially, and uh, we we try to take care of them on a, on a social side, on the uh, on, on on the tourism stuff, Jordan. So, just been really blessed to have good relationships with folks. Two full days of basketball, Friday and Saturday at the Williamson Fieldhouse. Mark Witt, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, and uh, well, I would like to say one more thing before I get off. Uh, if, if, if there's any sponsorships out there that would like to help help us with the Jeff Simpkins Law, I was uh, uh, half a McCoy shootout, they can get a hold of me at 304-784-6275. Uh, we have different tiers, and um, we are looking for, still looking for sponsors to make sure we can get these teams taken care of. And we really appreciate everything you guys do again for our student athletes thank you for having me on all right that's mark witt of the hatfield mccoy shootout and uh certainly appreciate his time we kind of walked that little tightrope there public radio is a little bit rough sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um let's go back to the phone lines we'll talk with west mckinney in a moment but uh martinsburg and hedgesville we talked about that boys basketball game being uh a little bit of a bigger spread than what we necessarily would have thought going in and uh matt miller wrnr was there and matt Another impressive performance from the Bulldogs tonight. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a bit of a slow start, if you will, maybe kind of a feeling out process for the two teams as Martinsburg took an early eight to nothing lead. Hedgesville got a bucket to cut it to eight to two, but Martinsburg added seven more points by the end of the opening quarter. It was fifteen to two at that point. Martinsburg continued what proved to be an eighteen oh run, extending the lead out to twenty six to two before a three pointer from Javen Wilmer cut it to twenty six five, but Martinsburg added four more points and led at the half 30-5 to in the second half a little more even as Martinsburg outscored Hedgesville 14-12 to in that third quarter each team scored 9 in that fourth quarter but in the end that's a 27 point Bulldog win at 53-26 and this is just uh, the beat keeps going on so to speak for Martinsburg it's a ball club that uh, performed very well um, in an out of state tournament uh, about as well as you could they won it and uh, I'm sure you enjoyed that trip. And uh, coming back home, it didn't seem to have any kind of uh, you know holiday late, uh, hangover, so to speak. No, not at all. They played well at the tournament at Hilton Head, South Carolina. Played a team out of Charleston, South Carolina, in the uh, first game, and um, you know got out to an early lead and and really kind of held on. It was a, a, a very good fourth quarter as uh, the team from uh, Charleston began a little bit of a rally. Then the next day, played a team out of Alabama, very talented, had a couple of uh, small level Division One guards, and Martinsburg uh, again got out to a nice lead and got the win in that one. And and then you know how tournaments go; you drive eleven hours away from home. And you end up playing a team that's barely an hour away. They played a school out of Loudoun County in neighboring Virginia, and Martinsburg really pulled away in that one to win that championship, and then came home to host their own holiday tournament, played very well in two games there, and then after almost a whole week off, they 
played last Saturday, you know, uh, got in some good practices, maybe even a little bit of rest, and came out and got the job done tonight against Hedgesville. And Hedgesville came into that game 8-1. No slouch mm-hmm. of their own. Martinsburg will take on Jefferson on Tuesday and one week from today, a home game with Spring Mills. Matt Miller, WRNR, always a pleasure. Thanks. All right, that's Matt Miller, voice of the Martinsburg Bulldogs. And we'll, we'll get a second perspective on that game in just a moment. Let's go right back to the phone lines, though. Um, to Eric Little, WVVV. We'll get Wes McKinney also here, and we're, we're going to kind of go rapid fire for a moment. But uh, Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Uh, he had the Morgantown win tonight over Parkersburg South. And Eric, uh, before we get into that, you know, a little bit bigger than basketball tonight with the sudden passing of the official scorer from uh, Parkersburg South, a gentleman who'd worked there for 25 uh, years or so in that capacity. And uh, like, like we talked about a moment ago, people like that that just kind of make things go a little more smoothly. I know that was a, probably a little bit of a different feel tonight. Yeah, and uh, thank you for bringing that up early on. Uh, it was really classy you to mention that. Um, uh, this is a, a business of relationships, and, and what I love most about sports and, and covering sports is the people you meet. And I, I think that you meet some tremendous people along the way. Unfortunately, when you meet some tremendous people, from time to time you lose those people. And one of those guys that just breaks out basketball, what it was for so long, is Keith Barker. Uh, he was one of the first people to embrace me, really, and make me feel welcome when I was um, first doing the South games back in 2014. Uh, so it was, it was one of the rare times where I have to admit I really wasn't looking forward to coming to the game tonight because I, I didn't exactly know what it was going to be. And it was, it was going to be different. It was going to be a little somber. A nice moment of silence for him before the game. And there was, there was, there was several damp eyes in the house, mine included. Uh, he, he will be missed. He was... Uh, somebody that the players always knew in every sport uh, always knew that as long as they had the south name written across their chest they had him in their corner morgantown gets the win tonight at parkersburg south 72 70 i know it's been a bit of a slow start for the patriots uh, have to feel i don't know that you have moral wins i'm not saying that especially with a program the caliber of parkersburg south and the success it has had over the years but i have to feel like that type of game against that type of opponent tonight is still a step in the right direction for the overall uh, direction of this season. I think so in a lot of ways. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, they saw some good things. Uh, Malachi Sylvia, uh, who is going to be a very big post presence, and they need him to be for this team, uh, went up against Nick Malone a lot of the night and gave up three inches on Malone height-wise. But Sylvia had a career-high 29 points and actually topped that in the first half alone. Uh, they need him to do what he did tonight in the paint. Uh, that was that was big to see that, and and they came back from 11 points down in the fourth quarter to get back into the game. They had a couple chances uh, to, to tie or win the game late that evaporated on turnovers. Uh, that's something that they'll probably kick themselves about if they're not already kicking themselves about. But I think what they're really going to kick themselves about when they look at this game on film, uh, as good as Morgantown is, and I'm not taking anything away from Morgantown. This was far from their best effort, and they let their emotions get uh, out of control at a couple times in the game. They had two different players pick up technical fouls for for you know things they said. So they they offered a few chances for South to get back into the game, and the Patriots missed a lot of opportunities. As many as they took advantage of to get back into it, and make it close late, uh, they missed the share of chances as well. Parkersburg South is one in five this season. Their losses are by four, eleven, four. 10, 
and two. And they're in the midst of a six-game homestand, though. We'll take on Huntington on Monday. Eric Little, thanks so much for calling, and thanks so much for sharing uh, what was an emotional night in Parkersburg on the south side tonight. I appreciate you letting me have the the venue to do that, and uh, thank you for having me on this evening. All right, Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, my second favorite station behind WRR. No, just funny. <laughs> but, um, We'll get to Wes McKinney in just a moment. Wes is actually pulling uh, Iron Man duty. I'm so sorry for that. I do apologize to Wes. I don't apologize to Bo Anderson when he has to do it, <laughs> but I do apologize to Wes. We'll get to Wes in just a moment. But um, something that Hedgesville has uh, has done within its uh, high school, they have a student broadcast uh, program, so to speak, the Eagle News Network, Morgan Sherwood, Emma Schwartzmiller, uh, are broadcasters at, and students at Hedgesville High School. They've had the Hedgesville-Martinsburg game tonight. And uh, difficult loss for Hedgesville. But just uh, first, Morgan, tell me about the program that allows you to broadcast games. Alrighty, So we, I joined the program about last year, and I had no idea going into it I was going to become so into it, and this year I went into it and said to my teacher, I think we should live stream every single game. So we started with football, and we worked out the kinks and the small details and the fails and stuff. So we worked on it all season, and then this is actually our first or our second basketball game that we've done so far, and it was super nerve-wracking, and our sound ended up not working, so we ended up having to fix that throughout it, but we ended up getting it. Morgan, as a veteran of uh, mm-hmm. broadcasting games, Remotely, yeah. Bill Cornwell as well. Yeah, that's probably the best that you get used to that. Because <laughs> stuff will yeah. work a lot of times. As you will learn, Morgan, just the important thing is get it on the mm-hmm. air. I mean, find some way. I mean, that, that's always rule number one, and, you, and, and you're learning that. Yeah, we had a basketball game a couple – it was against South Hagerstown, and it was pouring down rain, and – we, the game ended up being delayed for a little bit, and it was super stressful because we had to go run out in the middle of the rain trying to get interviews with people so it wasn't just silent. Morgan, Jordan Mounts here. Um, from what you were just describing, your start in radio actually kind of started about the way my career started uh, several years ago <laughs> when I was a, a student at uh, uh, Tug Valley High School down in Mingo County. But uh, now, tell us a little bit about uh, what got you interested as, uh, in pursuing here the uh, world of sports journalism. I definitely, I grew up in watching sports, watching my brother play or my boyfriend play and knowing, just watching how intense the sports are and how much people care about them and knowing that I could use my voice through the journalism program to help spread that. And I actually ended up getting a job at the Journal in Martinsburg a couple months ago in September where I could, where I now write stories for sports and it's given me such a greater look and enjoyment of sports and how like amazing these kids try to have be successful in this, and it's such a big impact in their life and career. And uh, we'll, we'll, I guess Emma can talk to us too, right? Yes, sir. Uh, all right. Uh, Emma, getting to call these games, uh, just tell me a little bit about uh, what drew your interest in uh, getting into the wild and wonderful world of broadcasting. It's actually a pretty funny story. Morgan, she had been doing these like live streams, and she was scouring to find someone else to broadcast with her. Like she went from class to class. Like, would anybody be like interested in live streaming a football game? 
And, like, no one was reaching out. And I said, you know what? I'll do it. I've been interested in it as my father and, like, everyone had been playing sports in my life. And I was like, I've always wanted to see what it was like to be the voice for the people that couldn't go to the games. So I did my first football game. It was a bit of a struggle, but I worked through it, and I've come to love broadcasting all the different sports that you've been. Well, you guys are off to a fantastic start with that. I know the game didn't go necessarily as well as you would like for it to have gone from a broadcast standpoint no. and then from a uh, from wins and losses. Yeah, wins and losses, but you, you'll learn that's just a small part of the entire experience. Uh, Morgan Sherwood, Emma Schwartzmiller, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, let's make this uh, a more regular thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. 100%. We'd love to be back, guys. All right, we'll definitely uh, – work on making that happen. That's Morgan Sherwood and Emma Schwartzmiller of the Eagle Sports Network out of Hedgesville High School. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, Wes McKinney, I promise we're coming to you, buddy. W-A-E-Y in Princeton. Also, Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com, sports journalist extraordinaire, who has, I'm telling you, no one has their finger on the pulse of cold field basketball like Dave yeah. Morrison. That's looking forward to talking with him. Much more with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall University's sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. Check it out. Learn more at marshall.edu slash S-O-J-M-C. Thanks for joining us tonight. Don't forget our poll question. Go over to our website and vote in this week's poll. Also, we want you to follow us on Twitter. And a shout-out to our latest Twitter follower. Actually, we have several. The Hatcher Show, we want to thank them for joining us down there on WVOW, The Hatcher Show. Sally Sutherland, also MHS Athletics. Also joining us tonight on Twitter, Jim Ambrose, Sundry, Chapin Jewel, Jeremiah Mason, Sandy Henderson, Rexel Vickers, Parker Stout, Ethan Kent, and Justin Blankenship. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family on Twitter. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 
10-19 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Jordan Mounts and Bill Cornwell. Uh, again, if you want scores, go to basketballnight.com. Go to our Twitter page, at hoops underscore roundup. We've just got a lot of uh, people to get in. and uh, Big game tonight in Princeton. We talked with Buster Large a, a little bit earlier of the victorious Bluefield Beavers. Let's talk now with Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y, voice of the Princeton Tigers. And... Um, Wes, I sincerely apologize that you had to wait 34 minutes, so I'll make Bo wait longer just out of principle. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, uh, good first half tonight from Princeton, but Bluefield a little too strong in the second half. Yeah, guys, uh, first time the teams met, Bluefield jumped out big there. Uh, they was up by, I think, 17 at halftime or something like that back there three weeks ago in the Princeton Christmas tournament. And Princeton did a good job tonight of controlling tempo. Semi, what they did um, against Graham two Friday nights ago, whenever they held Graham to 20 points in the first half, they held Bluefield to 29 points. And, guys, if you haven't uh, seen or heard of Braden Cruz, the junior guard for Bluefield, Princeton holds him to eight points in the first half, but then he erupts for 21 in the second half. He made seven three-pointers, which I believe against Princeton this year in two games he's made uh, – uh, I think it's 14 or maybe 15 three-pointers in two games against Princeton. And Tigers just kind of, I think, got a little bit fatigued. I listened to Coach Large there as I was driving home, and, you know, he hit the nail right on. You know, Bluefield made better adjustments at halftime, I think. They came out and they moved the, they moved the ball better um, against Princeton's zone defense that really uh, kind of stymied the Beavers in the uh, in the first half. And you just got to tip your hat where credit's due. I mean, Bluefield – made the correct adjustments, and they went out and executed, and uh, they outscore Princeton by a sizable margin there. They outscore them uh, by, by oh, 17 points, I guess it was, in, in the second half. So kind of a tale of two halves you guys are right on. And Princeton will be back in action um, coming up next Friday night at Pikeview. Um, now, am I saying that they have two games in two weeks coming up, or, or am yeah. I missing a reschedule in there? No, 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 no. That's that's 100% right, guys. We actually just got done, as you're probably seeing there, Ryan, we just got done three games in three nights. It feels like we're playing an NBA schedule. I don't know what city <laughs> we're playing in tomorrow. I need to look at the schedule. Um, but, yeah, a, a well-deserved rest here for Princeton. They played in Beckley um, at the New River CT, CTC shootout on Wednesday night. Played last night against Tazewell. And obviously you'd like to finish the week 3-0, and but, uh, you mean you got to settle for 2-1 and here, 6-3. and going into Pikeview next week. And then the schedule gets a little bit tougher for Princeton. Rematch with Blacksburg, a big sectional game coming up um, with Greenbrier East later here in the month. So, yeah, some time off for Princeton to work on some things because this, this stretch run here through January and really about the second week of February, I think, is going to really define Princeton's season ultimately. Wes, how do you train to call three games in three days? For people who haven't done this, by the way, <laughs> calling basketball um, especially – is a little bit rough on the vocal cords. And to do three games in three days, I mean, uh, I've got to presume you did some preparation for this for part of the schedule, right? Yeah, yeah, guys. Uh, really, I, I really started feeling it last night uh, about halfway through the Tazewell game and uh, came home, drank a little bit of tea um, last night, tried to just warm up the vocal cords again and get them uh, lubricated for tonight. Cough drops, that's always your friend. Um, and, then, and then tonight I could really tell, um, obviously, a big game, and you're a little bit more wound up, I think, on air whenever it's a bigger game like it was tonight. And I could feel myself really starting to drift uh, late in the game. Then you might be able to hear my voice right now, not 100% right now. 
Um, but the main thing is I think you got to pace yourself. You can't, you know, throw everything out there on Wednesday night because you're not going to have anything left for tonight. Yeah, I mean, people talk about playing three games in three nights, but calling <laughs> three games in three nights, I mean, the plight of the broadcaster is, plus, is plus clearly you, underrated. Plus, you've got your day job to do, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the nice thing is, guys, there's no students down here in southern West Virginia right now at Concord University, so things are a little bit slower, able to rest a little bit more, and put more preparation into this because, I mean, you talk about doing the games, Ryan, the preparations even, you know, you got to try to squeeze it in when you can here. But, uh, you know, a little bit slow right now as far as my day job goes. So, you know, blessed to be able to kind of do a little bit more prep than maybe um, I would normally do and, uh, you know, just just keep rolling out there every night and see what goes. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton. Thanks so much for hanging with us tonight. Yep, guys, we'll see you. Take care. All right, once again. Wes McKinney, a good friend of the program there. And he need, You know, we were just giving him some time to let his yeah. voice rest a few minutes. Yeah, he, on hold. he has a little rattle in his voice. He he needs tomorrow, believe yeah. me. Yeah, and, there, you know, there's also the, the whole congestion thing that, that pops up this time of year for a lot of people. So, it, you know, that could be like the double the double whammy against a, a broadcaster. It's really rough. Looking, mm-hmm. looking at their schedule, I noticed in a couple of weeks – uh, they head down to Hokie Land. They they have a road game with Blacksburg High School, <laughs> and that, that's a school that, although not far from the West Virginia border, they've not played a lot of West Virginia teams. So that'll be interesting. And I mean, do they call them the little Hokies? Or, nah. <laughs> are they maroons? <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> give me. You know what? Let's let's bring in Dave Morrison. And if Dave doesn't know already, I'll know by the time we. Uh, get to our second question i'll just throw it in just kind of out of nowhere but that's okay superdavesports.com is where you can find the musings <laughs> i like that word musings of sports journalist dave morrison he joins us now on basketball friday night in west virginia dave welcome back to the program hey thanks a lot guys Glad to be here. Where were you at last week? I called in early and not there. I was. Uh, I had another basketball game to do public address for. Uh, last week was the Wayne Holiday tournament for girls basketball. They had a couple of games there, um, so I, I, I was a little bit late getting here after uh, doing public address for the Hurricane Chesapeake Ohio game. And then the Wayne Nitro Girls game a week ago, so um, I left it in the capable hands of Joe Linville and Jordan Mounts and our good buddy. Uh, yeah, they did Joe a great Dunst. job. Yeah. They did a great job. And, uh, and I missed you though. Later tonight, I, uh, that's that's what I'm saying. Now can't be having these uh, early call-ins again, so I decided to call in a little later. Plus, it was a rivalry tonight in uh, Clearfork, West Side, Wyoming. So I knew I'd need a little bit more time. To- uh, do some interviews and get things done after the game. So here we are, 57-51, West Side, or Wyoming East rather wins the first installment of the rivalry. And uh, by the way, Blacksburg is the Bruins. For the those Bruins, who care, yes. yes. And Jordan and – I don't think they're maroon either. No, they, they are not. They're blue and gold. Blue and gold. Hey, here's a, here's a, here's a good little fact for you about Blacksburg. Who, what former quarterback's son plays quarterback for Blacksburg High? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, now, now you you caught me there because I know that Blacksburg High School football is uh, is a very tradition rich program um, there in, in in the state of Virginia. I know that they they do a fantastic job there, compete for uh, for state championships almost on a yearly basis. I don't know the personnel though. 
I give up. Chad I, Johnson. I, uh, Chad Johnson in the uh, quarterback from Peterstown. Okay. Uh, and WVU. Now living in Blacksburg. And every time I see him, I give him grief about living in, in Blacksburg. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> it is when you go you go where your where your job is. I think he's actually a chiropractor down there now. Okay. So nice practice and uh son's playing quarterback as he did at Blacksburg High. But uh just a little interesting note I thought I'd throw in there. Yeah, absolutely. And um no, Wyoming East West side uh, one of the best rivalries in West Virginia, even in a year where neither is really considered a state championship contender. I don't think that uh I mean, people care about that in the bigger picture, but tonight they don't care about that. They care about trying to beat each other. (laughs) Tonight it was very heated, as you would suspect. And even though in this day and age with social social media, everybody's a friend, very heated, a couple of technical fouls called. Uh, In the end, I think the difference is that Wyoming East had players who had played in this rivalry before. That's a big thing. And I talked to Sean Jenkins, Westside coach, afterwards. He said, you know, we had one guy that played in this game last year. And, uh... Wyoming East took advantage of knowing exactly what this robbery is all about by getting off to a quick start. In the second quarter, it was, I think what, what was Wyoming East was up by four after the first, and it was seven to four, Wyoming East in the second quarter, which gives you an indication just how hard, hard pot this game was. McQuaid Canada was all seven points and uh, led Wyoming East tonight with 16. He had seven in that second quarter. They got that seven-point lead, and kind of they kind of kept it. Because they were able in the second half, every time Westside would make a small push, they would have a big shot on the other end. A lot of back cuts uh, for Wyoming East because of the over-pursuit of the Westside defense. Westside really had trouble switching defenses, and uh, that over-pursuit caused a, a lot of back cuts, which is how Wyoming East seemingly answered every small run that Westside would make at him. But a lot of positive on the Westside side because these guys did get some – experience in this rivalry and for Wyoming East moving forward, I, I think you would have to say right now they're one of the top four teams in the region, probably one of the top two in the section with Oak Hill being the other. So I think that Oak Hill is probably the team to beat on the on their section one side. Over on the other side, Bluefield and Shady Spring, both very, very good, both very capable of going to the state tournament. And uh, there's a lot to talk about that. This evening, um, with a lot of different people I know over there, who who do you think is going to represent and come out? I mean, you have got to throw Oak Hill in there with all the experience they have. Uh, they're going to have to find a shooter somewhere. You know, their guard play a little suspect. Got to find a guard that can shoot the ball and open up because Westside when they played Oak Hill, they they packed that defense in to the uh, into the paint, and that's where Oak Hill does a lot of its work. But I still think the, the top three teams would be Oak Hill, Shady, Bluefield. Um, I know that uh, Wes had just talked about Cruz. I think he had 45 points the first game against Princeton, too, to go along with all those threes that he had. But those three would probably be your top. And I think Wyoming East is in there as well. Any of those four probably will be – I think that will be the four standing when the region co-finals roll around in uh, early March. And, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you were at the Wyoming East Bluefield girls basketball game. Right, last night, yeah. Yes. And uh, Wyoming, <laughs> I tell you what, when you got a 6-5 weapon, why not use her? And Emily Saunders, uh, she was uh, simply unstoppable inside. Also, she had three 18-footers right inside the three-point line. When you got a 6-5 shooting uh, three-pointers or near three-pointers like that, 
and can do damage inside. Just a ter- it's hard to match up with that, and, and Bluefield found that out. You got Skylar Davis and Janice Langship on the outside, which uh, you know a lot of Emily Saunders. She had six assists, a lot of that from kicking back to those three point shooters for three. They complement each other very well in terms of uh, a centerpiece in uh, Saunders, and then uh, you know Blankenship can shoot the eyes out of the basketball, and then um, you know also uh, Skylar Davidson, who I don't think a lot of people know about just yet, but give her time, and they will. <laughs> Sophomore point guard, yeah, she, yeah, was injured last year and, and behind Gabby Lapartis both. Right, I think if they. Had, and as Angie Montini says, I think if we had had one of those point guards, we may have won a state championship. Right. And when you got when you lose your top two point guards, and you go into you know how important guard play is in the state tournament, and uh, it always has been. I think it probably all, always will be. You can, you can have a seven foot Earl Jones, but if you don't have guards that can get him down, it's going to be hard to win a state championship. If you oh. have a guard like Herbie Brooks who scores fifty, you're probably going to win a state championship. And, and they did. It, it holds. I think it holds true. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think it holds true. That if you go a good guard, uh, a good guard play, you have a good guard play, go go further in the tournament. Absolutely, uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com, sports journalist. Dave, thanks so much. It's good to talk with you again this week. Guys, always nice talking to you. I certainly appreciate it. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks you too. Thanks. Once again, Dave Morrison, Super Dave Sports, uh, and always a. Uh, a friend of the program. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, Craig Dutton, WXCR, formerly of WRRR. We'll talk with Craig when we come back halfway through the fastest three hours in radio. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. R.J. Klein, Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncy, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies. Tonight, you're going to meet someone new from the Chapmanville Tigers. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Don't forget our poll question. Head over to our website. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. This week's poll question, should the number of practices required by fall athletics before winter sports be reduced further? Give us your yes or no tonight, and at the end of the show, we'll tell you the results. Again, you got till 11.45 tonight. It's at basketballnight.com on the right-hand side of the page. Join us on Twitter. Send us your pictures. If you're watching now, you're seeing pics sent to us by teams and fans all over the state of West Virginia. We want you to send your pics in every day to us. Send them on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can also email them to scores at basketballnight.com. 
high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 1035 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Jordan Mounts, alongside Bill Cornwell. And again, we're still looking for Rick Marone. He's, we're sitting out at a search party. You heard of Where's Waldo? Where's Rick? Yeah, we, and, and I want to mention that uh, we will talk with our special correspondent, Luke Creasy, okay. coming up uh, at, at 10.45 or so, about 10.47, for a standout athlete of the week. I mean, he was in Glen Hayes for a game tonight. He, he made he it back. He made it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying. Not, Slacker. Yeah, <laughs> well, Bill said that. Um, <laughs> once again, we welcome you back, though, to the program. And before we go to Craig Dutton, um, you know, something that, that we talked about there in that last little bit, Jordan, these rivalry games. Uh, you had the Bluefield-Princeton game tonight. That Princeton led at halftime. Bluefield overwhelmed them in the mm-hmm. second half. You had Wyoming East-West side where you throw anything out when those two play because yeah. they, they don't, like we talked about with Dave Morrison, it doesn't matter about your season perspective or your season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about tonight for yeah. those rivalry type games. It doesn't matter if you've got if two rival schools, one of them 10 and 0 uh, with starting nothing but seniors and the other 0 and 10 starting nothing but freshmen. If it's a rival game, the best of both teams is going to come out. It's always a little bit different and always enjoy that. You know, something we talked about a score that that really stuck out to us and we will get a scoreboard update um, sometime here soon, but if you <laughs> want to check on your own, go to basketballnight.com, go to hoops at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. And uh, you'll see all the score updates that we have there. Uh, Tyler Consolidated, guys. Uh, their boys went into the pit in Ravenswood tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know Ravenswood's a little bit down, but they beat the Red Devils by 30 Woo. on the road. Woo. Craig Dutton, WXCR in New Martinsville. He has followed Tyler Consolidated. Craig also, WRRR, um, as well. Welcome back into Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. <laughs> Uh, glad to be with you guys. Of course, we didn't have the broadcast tonight, and I was following a few tweets from, I believe his name is Jennings Starcher from Twitter, and I got to see some of the stats. Uh, Griffin Phillips had a really good night for the Silver Knights, 41 points uh, leading the way in all scores. And Devin Raines had 22 tonight as well for Ravenswood. So, you know, going into a Ravenswood team, I'm sure this is a season that it's rare to ever hear that for a Mick Price-led program that they're having a down year like this. But the LKC, it should be a little bit of benefit to what he's done in the past because the conference is very competitive this year. And we're seeing a lot of few teams try to you know fill that void. I know St. Mary's is a little bit more competitive now in that section. And quite honestly, after the statement they made last Friday, I think St. Mary's is the team to beat in Section 2 right now. They're the top team, followed by Tyler. And then after that, you have uh, either between Peyton City, Ritchie County, and then Magnolia is kind of struggling this year. They, they're about the same bill as Ravenswood this year in, trying, in terms of rebuilding as a program or reloading, I guess you'd say. <laughs> so all these teams are going to take their lumps, but you know they're going to follow suit like with what St. Mary's did last year. They started all freshmen and sophomores, and now it's paid off. They're all fre- sophomores and juniors, and they're leading the way in that section right now. But you're right, Tyler's a team, the three-headed monster you've got on there between Tyler West, you have Mark Rucker, who's a junior, and Griffin Phillips, and they're having to depend on them three to get all that scoring. So it's a matter of trying to find some solidarity in that team, and you know it helps by having you know 
a guy who's already coached some at Webster County and Stephen Nutter leading the way. And uh, I've been seeing some information come from him on social media. They've had really good weightlifting periods. So uh, Tyler boys are trying to hit that stride now, middle part of the season. Win tonight, even on the road at the pit, really helps. I think we, we talked, yeah, anyone at the, the pit is, is certainly uh, worthy yeah. of praise. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit the last couple of years. But with Tyler Consolidated and opened in the fall of 1993, um, yeah. the, the kind of uh, generically named consolidation of Tyler County <laughs> High School and Sistersville and um, had some immediate success in football, had some success in volleyball over the years, um, but it's still kind of – it's a school where you took the school out of two small communities and built a school in the middle of nowhere, kind of for both of them. No yeah. offense to Middleburn, but it's kind of – it's away from Sistersville. It's away from the river a little bit. And um, it's kind of – it can be difficult to operate in a school like that. There's not, a, not that sense of community there necessarily – and now even 26, you know, 25, 26 years after the school opened, um, you know, I think the job that Coach Nutter is doing there cannot be understated. It, it can't be. And the one thing that really helps now is you're starting to see guys and you know, young you know, men and women who are taking over as coaches who were part of that Tyler Consolidated Silver Knight brand name. And, you know, their baseball coach, Robbie Jones, he's a other consolidated grad. Uh, Walton, Ryan Walton, I believe, uh, he just falls in that line of being a Tyler consolidated grad himself for the football team. And for a guy like Stephen Nutter coming out as a St. Mary's graduate, you know, he's coming in there and taking over Tyler consolidated. You're right. That's, that, that's a tougher job to go into. I think it's just trying to create the identity of them knowing they are the Knights, not the Sistersville Tigers mm-hmm. or the uh, Tyler County Red Raiders. Or, yeah, I think that's right, Red Raiders. They're no longer those programs. And now you're starting to see that. I think there's more of identity coming around that with Tyler Consolidated. Of course, the name is the one thing that really sticks out when a lot of people see it is the Consolidated name. There's been names, I'm sure, that have been brought about for years uh, but the community is starting to see that now. And you're right about that. And basketball hasn't taken off as quickly. Rick Leach last year just surpassed the all-time win total for boys basketball at 17 total wins. So there's a chance for any good season here for Tyler Consolidate in boys basketball. You know, a good season, sometimes 18 wins comes about, and that will be the all-time winning this program for the Silver Knights. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, at the rate they're going. Yeah. Could be this year. Yeah, uh-huh. right they're going. They, yeah, this year it's going to be tough. You know, you got a lot of teams, and well, there's a lot of predictions. You know, saying with Wheeling Central and Madonna, they they might be the teams to come out of Region One because it's it's a tough year. But I, I'll tell you what, I've been seeing that too. It's been a fun battle seeing all these different schools take battle, and I think Notre Dame's made a very good case right now to be the top team in single A, yeah. in my opinion, uh, from how they played Trinity and Trinity with the win over Central last week. I mean, Willing Central, who I think some people, and understandably so, almost default to when you turn to talking about a favorite. Um, I mean, they're going to be in the thick of it, but I don't think it's a... They will. It's it's certainly not a foregone conclusion before the season starts. It is, and it's shown how much Jared West has done with that Notre Dame program. And 
Judd Marshall seeing that success right now with his son. I mean, he's taking over leadership of that program at Marshall, so it's showing that Jared West is doing even more for the high school level. He's getting ready for the collegiate level at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, but and that, that's a whole other statement in that regard. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to uh, – I've, I've went off completely track from Tyler, but still it, it's impressive to see – you know, what the private schools and the public schools together, what they've done. And it, it, it will be dominated by private schools this year, but safely, you know, fairly said so because they're very good programs in the state right now. <laughs> Craig Dutton, WXCR Radio in New Martinsville, follows Tyler Consolidated and formerly with WRRR. Thanks so much, Craig. Hey, thank you, guys. You have a wonderful evening. All right, thanks, you too. And uh, always appreciate Craig calling in. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will introduce you to this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Also, again, scores on basketballnight.com or on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Also, follow us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. That's what you do on Facebook. You like us on Facebook at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back with more after this on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team in this progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. We want to thank everyone tonight that's called, sent text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text the show at any time, and you can send us pictures, text us scores, send them to 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. And, of course, go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Also, send us pics of fans, teams, games. We'd like to share them with everyone in our video feed. So send those to us by Twitter, Facebook, and by email. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Well, now we're batting 333. Ryan Epling alongside Jordan <laughs> Bounce and our special correspondent, Luke Creasy. Bill Cornwell also in studio with us tonight as we are approaching 
um, the end of our second hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The time just flies by. It passes three hours in radio. And uh, Luke is here to introduce us to our standout athlete. But before we do that, you covered a basketball game tonight, Luke. Let's talk about that I for did, a moment. I uh, did. Just got back from Glenn Hayes. The, the Tulsa boys squeak out another win. I really dominated the first half of that game, really, uh, up by 14 at the half uh, over Buffalo. And then got up by as many as 17 in the third quarter before a, a massive comeback from Buffalo ensued. Uh, it was a one-possession game. It was 53-50 to 50 at one point before Jacob Mullet uh, hit a three to kind of bury him. Uh, Mullet's been deadly from beyond the arc for, for the Rebels, but they improved to 6-2 uh, and two on the year. Uh, now have a little bit of a break. They don't play again until the 17th uh, at, at Huntington. Uh, Grace Christian, sorry. Balanced scoring tonight for the Rebels as well. Yeah, three of them finished in double figures. Uh, Jacob Mullet led the way with 17. Uh, Rob Cantrell finished with 14. And then Jesse Muncie, our standout athlete from a couple weeks ago, uh, continues his uh, great season for the Rebels. He finishes with a dozen. Uh, had a couple big shots there toward the end of it and a couple free throws, uh, which Tulsa didn't do well tonight. Finished 8 of 15 from the free throw line, which really made that game close there at the end but uh, the Rebels squeak another one out good season for them so far now because you are working three jobs simultaneously right you are also <laughs> our standout athlete of the week's court you know special correspondent and uh this week you got to learn a little bit more about a young man from Chapmanville Regional High School yeah Jordan Kish we if you remember from last year we had another uh, Chapmanville Regional Tiger and that was Drew Williamson and uh, he was no doubt a big part of that program but uh, Jordan's kind of stepped into what Williamson's role was last year uh he uh, is relatively new to the Chapmanville program, transferred in after his freshman year at Scott, and uh, but has really sunk into a leadership role there with the Tigers this year after they graduated some serious talent a year ago. Two years ago, Chapmanville Regional made it to the championship game before falling to Fairmont. He did not participate in that. He had to sit that year, and uh, but was able to play last year on his championship team, and they won that rematch with Fairmont Senior. So he's kind of had perspective of the uh, the entire rise of that program. That was something I was talking with him about earlier. He, he was itching to get out on the floor uh, during that loss against Fairmont Senior in 2017 in the title game because he couldn't do much but, mm-hmm. but be a cheerleader from the bench. But uh, having watched the championship team, gotten used to Chapmanville basketball, they do it a little differently up there. Uh, but having had that experience, really came back strong uh, last year, was a key contributor, um, and now w- with the absence of three of their starters that they graduated last year, uh, a big role for Kish uh, it, this, so far this season and in the coming games. And Luke has a closer look at our standout athlete of the week, Chapmanville Regional High School senior Jordan Kish. All right. No, you don't, Luke. So <laughs> now we'll, we'll try to work out the bugs there, but uh, we'll have Jordan Kish on a, a little bit later on in the program as well. And, again, to nominate a standout athlete of the week, go to basketballnight.com, fill out the nomination. You only have to do it once. Well, I, I, it, it's been cool this year. Uh, I've been able to see a couple of the former standout athletes. Um, obviously, I've gotten to see Jesse Muncy. He was on uh, a, a couple weeks ago. Um, but also, I saw one of last year's 
uh, standout athletes, uh, actually. And I saw Rick Marone as well last night. Daisha Busby, uh, the Sherman Lady Tide. Uh, the Lady Rebels pick up a win there yesterday. Really dominant win is a 20-point win, 58-38. to 38. Um, Used a big third-quarter explosion on offense and defense. But uh, Deja Busby uh, having a good year as well. Uh, was one of our standout athletes last year. I saw one of our very first standout athletes of the week last night. Chapmanville girls basketball player Madison Webb. Mm-hmm. She got it as a freshman. She's now a senior. And uh, going up against... A winner from last year, Whitney Sansom, from yep. Wayne. So it, it's interesting to see uh, to see these young people uh, how they handle themselves on the floor, and also uh, always appreciate the work you do. Luke. And uh, we'll try to get that straightened out. And if we can't, we can't. But we'll still get it up on the website. Looking forward to it. All right, Luke. Thank you very much. And uh, Jordan, we'll just go ahead and we've got a few moments here, so I'm going to turn it over to you for the girls' scores of the Marshall Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And looking at the scoreboard here for the girls' scores, several games we still have do not have reports on. If you do have scores for any game that's happened across the Mountain State, tweet us at hoops underscore roundup. Your girls' scoreboard looks like this. The Herbert Hoover Lady Huskies went to take on the Liberty Raleigh Raiders. The Huskies went and get the win, 46-25. to the Petersburg Vikings taking on the Pendleton County Wildcats. The Vikings get to win 61-35 to in that one. The Tigers Valley Bulldogs taking on the Claybatel Creebies. The Bulldogs get the win 52-41. Southern Garrett Maryland High School traveled to take on the Moorfield Yellow Jackets. They go into West Virginia and get the win 50-48. South Charleston Lady Black Eagles travel to take on the Camel Midland Knights. The Black Eagles got the win 42-23. Low-scoring game, that one. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish took it to the Charleston Catholic Lady Irish. 41-12, the final score in that one. The Lincoln County Panthers got the win over the Point Pleasant Knights, 76-56. The Bridgeport Indians got the victory over the Preston Knights, 75-38. Fairmont Senior Lady Polar Bears got the win over the East Fairmont Bees, 78-32. The the George Washington Patriots traveled to take on the Huntington Highlanders. Patriots fall in defeat, 61-53 in favor of the Highlanders. The Kaiser Golden Tornado taking on the Hampshire Trojans. The Golden Tornado got that one, 77-59. The 100 Hornets traveled to Jefferson Morgan, Pennsylvania and were unfortunately unable to come up with a victory. Jefferson Morgan gets the win. It's 45-33. The Lincoln Cougars taking on the Lewis County Minutemen. 64-52 is your score in that one. Final, Lincoln gets the win. Parkersburg South. The Lady Patriots traveled to take on the Ripley Vikings at halftime. The, uh, the Lady Patriots are leading 23-10. to 10. The Pikeview Panthers taking on the Oak Hill Red Devils. Run away in this one. The Panthers clawing their way to victory 67-30. And one of uh, my co-host's favorite school, the Pawpaw Lady Pirates taking on Hancock, Maryland. The Lady Pirates get the win, 61-25. to That's a look at the girls' scores. Now we, let's take a look at the boys. Well, actually, we'll, we'll get the boys' scores 
in the next hour because okay. we are uh, okay. we're a little bit too close to the break to have time to get that done. In our final hour, we will also talk with Rusty Udi of the uh, Register Herald and Beckley. He had the Independence Liberty Raleigh game tonight that came right down to the wire. Also, talk, we'll also talk with Lance Sutherland, head coach of the Hurricane Redskins. Uh, their boys off to a fantastic start. This they season. are rolling. Watch out for Lance and his guys. I look forward <laughs> to talking with him. And we promise you our standout athlete of the week um, coverage. We'll, we'll get that straightened out, and we will have that uh, in the next hour as well. So before we, uh, before we take this uh, final break of our second hour uh Looking through scores, you know, we talked about the scores of games happening today. I mentioned with Luke having watched the Wayne Chapmanville girls basketball game last night. Uh, Wayne's girls go to nine and zero with a sixty-six to fifty-four win over Chapmanville. Game maybe was a little bit closer than the score indicated. Kaylee Blair had twenty-three in the loss for the Lady Tigers, and uh, Madison Webb also had 12 points in double figures. Wayne had four girls in double figures. Uh, Lake and Atkins had 18 to lead the way. Uh, Jasmine Tabor, a freshman with a career-high 11, first double-figure game for her, uh, comes in that win as well. It's always built as part of growing up around a basketball floor. Uh, She's... Dwayne Tabor's daughter, former Wayne boys yeah. coach. He was a boys coach when I was in school. And I remember it took a community effort to keep Jasmine from running out on the floor when she was about one or two years <laughs> oh old my. during boys' uh-huh. games. And now she's dropping buckets in girls' varsity basketball. We're, we're glad she's running the floor now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she can but, run all over the floor. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but it, it's all, you know, it gives you perspective a little bit. You just kind of look and go, I remember when, you know, she wasn't up to her dad's knee standing up hardly. And, uh, yeah, now she's um, you know sixth player, first off the bench for uh, a girls team that's nine and zero. Wayne girls play at Logan, trying to go to ten and zero on the season. Um, that will be tomorrow night that Wayne and Logan play at the Logan Fieldhouse. And Wayne and Winfield turn around and play Monday in what should be a big time ball game at nice, Pioneer Gym. Nice, nice little game. stretch. Yeah, and uh, only you know one day to prepare and. Yeah. No way to practice in between. So that, no. that should be uh, very interesting for them coming up as well. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, much more of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hour three after the break on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including WKQV in Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7 103.7 Jack FM WQWV and Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog 1600 AM WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM WVOY in Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside 106.7 FM 
95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVLWN Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Tune for You Radio, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne. 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Third and final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this January 4th, 2019. Ryan Epling alongside Jordan Mounts, Bill Cornwell. Happy to have you along again for scores. Go to basketballnight.com, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. I'm going so fast they couldn't put the graphics up even if they tried to on that one. But they understand. We all know why. Um, we talked earlier with Princeton uh, announced uh, broadcaster, um, Wes McKinney about the three games and three nights. Well, at least two of those were at home. Yeah. Lance Sutherland has taken his Hurricane Redskins on the road two nights in a row yeah. with a third tomorrow. Yeah. And the game last night and the game tonight were nowhere near each other. Lance Sutherland joins us now as his team picks up a tight win at Musselman tonight after a disappointing loss to St. Albans last night. And Coach, uh, Kind of running the NBA type schedule right now. Yeah, we're trying. You know, we want to <laughs> want to see the world. We were in Savannah last weekend and Eastern Panhandle this weekend. Hey, I was going to say, who's the idiot who put that schedule together? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the guy needs fired. Who? Yeah, I, I think so. Lance and I are good friends, so believe me, I, I'm just busting his chops. But but if anybody has a team right now. Despite the, the loss last night, who can handle this schedule? His guys can do that. Yeah, they're they're playing really well right now. Oh, Coach, you bounced back from that loss with a big win tonight against Musselman. Just tell me about getting your team refocused and you know ready to make that six five and a half six hour road trip. Well, I think it was lunch in Morgantown that did it, but uh, they, uh, <laughs> like I said. There were, we got a bunch of seniors and the guys that played last year, so, you know, it's easy to get them refocused. They knew what happened last night. They knew we didn't have a game, a good game, so they, they came out tonight and played really well, played really good defense. And, and Musselman, again, they had two shots at the buzzer, and one went in and came right back out, or we would have got beat again tonight. But we didn't, and it all turned out pretty well. And, uh, again, I appreciate you talking with us while uh, out on the road tonight, um, you know, a long way from home. That's a Musselman team. 
that while you know, not sure right now, it looks like Martinsburg's the best team in the Panhandle right now. But you're getting to play someone that you're unfamiliar with, and that's kind of the way the state tournament falls in. If you're so fortunate as to get there, is, is that something that you, you think this trip can prepare you for? Yes, exactly, and that's why we do it. I mean, I, we try to do stuff like this every year because come March you have to be able to play several games in a row, you know, sectional and then right into regional and into the state championship if you get that lucky. So I try to set our schedule up to where we have at least a couple of weekends where we play two or three games in a row to set us up for that and to play teams that we're not used to playing. That's, I like doing that. Joe uh, Mudo was one of my favorite guys to watch last year, uh, uh, Lance, and uh, talk about his growth this year as a senior. Also, uh, you have Austin Stover, Jordan Nicely back, uh, uh, big uh, returnees for you. Yeah, I mean, Joe has, has set up his game immensely. Like our game in Savannah last last weekend against Bryan County, he scored 20 points in the first quarter. So he's, he's set up his game. He can go inside out, uh, gaining a lot of confidence. He's doing a lot of things right. He's a very good leader. Um, Jordan nicely, you know, is, is hitting his shot most of the time. Um, Austin Deering's just a horse. And then, you know, we got Grant Young, who's, who stepped into the point guard role. And then, uh, we had, uh, one of our starters was home tonight, Austin Womack. He, he had, uh, some trouble last night and had to be taken to the hospital, but he's home and fine now after our game was in was last night. So we were down a starter, but Jordan Williams stepped in and did a great job. Coach, uh, you were talking about the long road trip that you're, uh, you're, you've kind of been on right now, but uh, uh, your, your road trip even continues even later into next week when you go down and uh, you're, you're taking on a uh, local school down there at uh, the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. Uh, so tell us uh, a little bit about you know, what you do to get yourself, like we were talking about, this, is this, uh, this whole situation uh, a way to get yourself ready for uh, Charleston? Yeah. I mean, my whole my goal is to put us into situations that hopefully are hostile, uh, hard to hear, and, you know, it helps us build to, you know, if it's a sectional title or a regional title, it's going to be loud. So if we're in those situations before we get there, then it helps us out when that time comes. So that's why I do it. And uh, and Mark Witt does a great job down Williamson. I love going down there. I mean, you're going to be in – the extreme eastern panhandle yeah. one weekend, and then you're going to be in extreme southwestern West Virginia. And you can't go any further. <laughs> and that's not all because no. He, no, that's not all because he has a rivalry game on Tuesday night against one of the better or one of the better stories in the state AAA <laughs> in Cabell Midland. Exactly. Yeah, Chapin's done a great job there. So, and that's you know that's a sectional game and a regional game. So that that's one of the you know the most important games we have this year. Well, it sounds to me like so it's, this year for oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, it sounds to me like it's a great time to be a, a hurricane player or a coach or a fan because you're in some unique and fun situations almost any time you're on the floor right now. Yeah, and that's that's the way that's the way it should be. Basketball needs to be fun, and, and the kids need to enjoy it. And you got to have those situations for them. Lance, if not, then it's not worth doing it. Coach Lance Sutherland of the Hurricane Redskins, thanks so much for joining us tonight, and uh, best of luck to your team tomorrow at Spring Mills. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. And I mean, I, I definitely appreciate what Coach Sutherland's doing in terms of getting his team out and yeah. seeing all of West Virginia. There's more to Boy. it than basketball. Basketball's the driving force, but 
uh, also team body, but, et cetera. There's a lot behind that. But, but Coach Sutherland uh, is one of those guys that he's smart because he's getting his team mentally ready just in case they get to Charleston. They're going to have this experience behind them. They're going to be good to go. And we're going to talk with uh, Rusty Udy of the Registered Herald in Beckley in just a minute. Tara Malone, sports journalist from Magnolia High School. He's a student there. And we'll also talk with our standout athlete of the week, Jordan Kish, in a couple moments. But right now, I want to get you back to where Luke Creasy will tell us a little bit more about this week's standout athlete of the week, Jordan Kish of Chapmanville Regional High School. This past season, the Chapmanville Regional Boys Basketball Team claimed its first ever AA state championship, knocking off the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears in March of 2018. Though it's still early in the season, the Tigers have their sights set on another appearance after a 6-1 start to the year. Jordan Kish has welcomed the challenge of leading Chapmanville Regional back to the tournament, even having lost three starters from a year ago. Kish has a unique perspective that allows him to lead with confidence, and that is what makes him this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. Kish, who transferred from Scott High School to Chapmanville after his freshman year, said he didn't know what to expect upon joining the team. It quickly became evident, though, that the Tigers were capable of playing basketball at the highest level, reaching the state tournament in back-to-back years in 2017 and 18. Now, Kish sat out his sophomore year because of the transfer and was only able to watch from the bench as the Tigers were taken down in the AA state title game in 2017. Fast forward a year and he'd be playing against those same Fairmont senior polar bears for another crack at the state title. Kish was only on the floor for nine minutes in the contest and only logged two points in Chapmanville Regional's title game victory. But after graduating three starters from the team, He's found a more prominent role this season, says assistant coach Ashley Dalton. So, you know, when you lose three starters from a state title team and, and to still be able to step up and have kids come up through the program and, and understand that, you know, when, when they step into this situation, there's a lot of weight on their shoulders. In the journey back to the tournament to defend the title, Kish said he assumes a lot of the responsibility for carrying the team back to Charleston. But he said he can't do it alone. It's definitely my responsibility to uh, be a leader. I think everybody has to be a little bit of a leader on our team because we don't have anybody or one-on-one guy that does everything. Everybody on our team can score, can play defense, and it's all key. We have to play as a team. We have to all give it 100% or we will not win. Perhaps the biggest loss for the Tigers was senior Drew Williamson. If you remember, he was a standout athlete for basketball Friday night in West Virginia last year and he had a knack for scoring the basketball and was virtually unstoppable while on the floor. It was evident in preseason practice that one individual would have to emerge as a leader. Dalton said it took a while to find at first, but Kish did just that. It was like at the beginning of the season, they were kind of looking for Drew uh, when we were in practice. It was kind of like, well, who's going to take over? Uh, Who's going to be the leader? Who's going to hold everyone else accountable for those hard practices, for giving the extra, that kind of stuff? Jordan's done really good about stepping up and taking care of that role. And In the season following a state championship, everybody wants a shot at the one holding the trophy. That's no secret. No team knows it better than Chapmanville. Having already had a rematch of the past year's title game, a second consecutive victory over Fairmont Senior, Kish said the Tigers are well aware of the target on their back. We can definitely tell because everybody plays their best game against us, but we just got to... We just got to deal with it and play our best game, too, every night. And we can't take anybody for granted. And that, 
we kind of did that with our loss this season. We kind of t- took a team for granted, but rest assured we won't do it again. We're ready for any team that wants a piece of us. For basketball Friday night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Luke Creasy. Thanks so much, Luke, and we will talk with Jordan in a, a few moments. we got to go right back to the phone lines. Uh, Rusty Udy of the Registered Herald in Beckley has been so kind to, to wait for us here tonight. He joins us now. and uh, Rusty, you saw a fantastic ball game tonight between Liberty Raleigh and Independence. Uh, it was. It was a great game. Um, kind of what you expect from those two when they play each other. That Kind of the, the old adage of throw the records out kind of deal, but... Uh, you know, both teams are fairly young, um, and Liberty's very young, but uh, kind of up and coming, and uh, turned out to be a 55-53 game with uh, a lot of lead changes from about the mid-third quarter all the way down to the end with some big shots made. So it was a, it was a fun night of basketball. Liberty gets the win over Independence, and, um, you know, Rusty, we talked with uh, Dave Morrison about some of the, um, the way that, things appear to be falling in terms of Region 3 in Class AA. I know you also have your finger on the pulse of that as well. And uh, while it appears that you know, Bluefield and Oak Hill may be the top two teams in that region, uh, there are definitely several teams that are good enough to any given night. I'm talking about Shady Springs, several others, that can really could be a problem in the postseason. Yeah, I think Shady's uh, really going to be a team that's going to be hard to handle. Uh, they've played really well. they got three really experienced players. I mean, their point guard, Tommy Williams, is really a special player. Uh, Ron Rife, who can really knock down the three and can run the floor in transitions. Stephen Williams, is he's scoring 20 points a game like I eat cheeseburgers, which is pretty regular. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's... <laughs> So, you know, he runs the floor really well. He's really aggressive underneath. So I think Shady's a team that really is a team to watch down here. Um, Liberty's a team that I don't think is maybe this year, maybe a team that, you know, is going to push into that regional final. Although, you know, the way they're progressing, you just never know. But I, but they're so young that they're a year or two away, and that's a team to kind of keep an eye on right there. And uh, They've got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores playing. And, and uh, last year they won two games. They've already won four this year. And so they're looking pretty good. They, they lost a two-pointer at Westside. Uh, they'll get them back on Tuesday at their place. So you know, the Raiders are looking pretty good. But, um, you know, other than that, you always have to watch Wyoming East. I mean, uh, you know, they're playing really well, um, even without one of their key, key starters. Uh, R.J. Hood's hurt right now. He'll be back in about a week or so. But they've kind of struggled out of the gate, but they're still playing. You know, they're playing well, and they'll be, they'll be in the mix when it comes to March. Rusty Udy of the Beckley Register Herald. Thanks so much for joining us. And again, thanks so much for hanging in there with us tonight. No problem, man. Thanks a lot. All right. And we got to right. Okay, we got to take a break. We're, we're tight on time, guys. We will take a break right now. When we come back, we'll talk with our standout athlete of the week, Jordan Kish of Chapmanville High School. We'll also talk with Tara Malone, student sports journalist from Magnolia High School, and our resident referee, Bo Anderson, sometime as well. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. 
our newest Twitter followers, The Hatcher Show, Sally Sutherland, MHS Athletics, Marshall Tinney, Caden Matheny, Kevin Sammons, Cameron Wamsley, Jeremy Pisano, Jim Ambrose, and Sundrive. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks to everybody that's called, sent texts, tweets, and emails tonight. Also, all those pictures. Keep sending the pics in, and we will feature them as part of our high-definition video stream. You can send your pics to us of your teams and fans, all the games and tournaments around the state. Send them to us by Twitter, Facebook, or by email. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Basketball Night WV. Also, we're on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, and you can send them by email to scores at basketballnight.com. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Coming up on 11-17 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, Ryan Epling along with Bill Cornwell and Jordan Mounts. Happy to have you with us here as we work our way through yet another Night full of basketball in the Mountain State. We'll talk with Tara Malone, student sports journalist at Magnolia High School. That girls' team's doing very well this year. They've kind of they've made some noise here in the last couple of weeks, and we're definitely going to talk about the success they're having in a couple of moments as well. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will join us a little bit later on in the program. Right now, it's time to bring on our standout athlete of the week. He's a senior with the Chapmanville Regional Boys Basketball Team, a member of last year's state championship team. He sat out two years ago on the runner-up team, and he has seen his role really expand this year after the graduation of Drew Williamson. Next man up, the philosophy down Chapmanville, Jordan Kish, our standout athlete of the week, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Jordan, welcome to the program. All right, there you go. Uh, doing well tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. And Jordan, uh, let's just jump right into it. You were in a situation where two years ago, this basketball team made a, a run that that school has not made before. Chapmanville reaching the state championship game and falling to Fairmont, and you weren't able to contribute. Just tell me about looking through your eyes, your perspective of that season and that game that has really laid the foundation for where your team is right now. Oh, well, you know, when I got to Chapmanville, uh, the guys really, they took me in with open arms, and uh, uh, I got to travel with the guys, and 
eat all the meals and bond with everybody. And so it hurt me just as much when we had to watch Fairmont take the trophy that year. And uh, I was in the locker room when we lost. and But I was also in the locker room last year when we won it. And I think the guys, the guys that's playing this year, even though we lost three of our star players, I think um, the experience that Devin and Phillip and everybody has had, I think that will really carry over to this season. I think this year, um, with with your basketball team, you're really seeing the the attitude within the program of uh, expecting to win every single night, I think is really showing through. Because like you said, you lost three very good players from last year's state championship team. And I don't know if maybe it's, you know, the same level of play this year or maybe just a half tick below. But either way, it's very similar. You haven't had the drop-off most teams would have losing that type of offensive firepower. Um, I absolutely contribute that to everybody on the team. We, As soon as the state championship game was over, it wasn't. we didn't take no time off. It was we were right back in the gym all summer. And we played great competition all summer in uh, Virginia and South Carolina. And it's that constant competition, that constant high level play. And I think that we it just didn't we didn't skip a beat, and we only got better in this season. I think um, I think that'll all show. Chapmanville Regional seven and one right now. Only loss was to Oak Hills, Ohio, out of the Greater Cincinnati Metro area down in Windermere, Florida. Chapmanville Regional getting set to take on Notre Dame. Very good Class A boys basketball team tomorrow uh, at Chapmanville. Jordan Kish, a senior with the Tigers, our standout athlete of the week. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on winning the award and best wishes tomorrow. Thank you. All right, once again, that's Jordan Kish of Chapmanville Regional High School. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Taryn Malone is a sports journalist in training and also getting some experience with that as well at Magnolia High School in New Martinsville. The Blue Eagles girls were off tonight, but that was after a big win last night for the second time this year. They take down reigning Class A state champion Wheeling Central. Taryn joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia and Taryn, when it comes to West Virginia public schools beating Willing Central, quite frankly, it doesn't happen that often to do it twice in a matter of a couple of weeks. really says something about the caliber of play of the Magnolia girls basketball team. Yes, indeed. Um, the Blue Eagles this year are now 8-1, and one, uh, starting out the regular season 8-1. and one, The big talk of the Ohio Valley so far you thrown in um, Wheeling Central in the past two matchups they both had. Uh, Kendra Pilant and Maddie Winters had a combined total of 50 points together and 28 rebounds last night. And um, Maddie Winters with 26 points and Kendra Pilant with 24 and Akira Cabral with 8 and Lauren and Smith with 2 to make the Blue Eagles win over Wheeling Central Catholic 60-55. Knowing that Wheeling Central had won it all and uh, a year ago pulled the upset, uh, what many considered an upset, of, of, of a favored Huntington St. Joe team in the championship game. I've got to think that those wins can give this program some confidence to uh, not only make it back to Charleston, but to make some noise once they get there, if, the, if they can get there. 
Yeah, um, I talked to head coach Meredith Thailand, a second-year head coach for the Blue Eagles. Uh, she stated to me that defense is the way to go with um, this Blue Eagles team. Um, the Twin Towers, they call Maddie Winters and Kendra Pylant, have dominated inside the paint last night and just took over the ball game in order for the big win to happen. And this is a basketball team that has lost one time. It lost at home to Hannibal River High School, uh, the Pilots from Ohio. Uh, 53-38 was the final that one back on December 15th. Well, coming up Monday, a, a chance to uh, avenge that loss. And I have to think that they're going to go into that game with a whole lot of confidence after that win over Wheeling Central last night. Uh, yeah, the big win over Wheeling Central last night is going to boost their confidence to the extreme level. Um, uh, Coach Pilot and Coach Winters have been talking uh, right after Wheeling Central's uh, big win last night, or the win over Wheeling Central, I should say. Um, we're still not done. We're halfway through the season. We have a tough opponent, River, and uh, the season still doesn't get any easier. They take on River, and um, on the 14th, they'll take on Lindsley. And later down the road, they'll be taking on a interesting Weirton Madonna team. It should be a lot of fun. Taryn, excellent job with your report on Magnolia Blue Eagle basketball and on the girls' basketball team this week. Thank you very much. All right, that's Taryn Malone, uh, sports journalist in training, student at Magnolia High School. Student, Bill, when we were in high school, not that we were in high school <laughs> at the same time, but when we were in high school, we couldn't have made anything sound that coherent. No, I mean, uh, we didn't have those opportunities. So Taryn's doing a good job of taking advantage, and uh, he's setting himself up for a good possible career. He's done a fine job. Jordan, you came around a little bit, a little bit later than Bill and I went through. Um, we're seeing some more and more schools have outlets for journalists and for being able to. You know, it, it goes beyond simply a job in journalism. It's also public speaking and the things that you need to have some of the tools to be successful in life. Well, you know, Ryan, I'm actually I'm, I'm glad you actually brought that up. And I think one of the big fueling factors that we're seeing so many people want to get into journalism a lot more is the social media revolution. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, I mean, all the outlets that we're on with Basketball Friday Night. You know, if you look at it one way or the other, you're going into journalism just by having an account on that because you're reporting what's relevant to you. Now, However many friends that you have or followers you have that like your stuff and agree with you, that's a different thing. But, again, it's, that's honestly what I believe has contributed a lot to a lot more people wanting to get into And a lot of people having the opportunity to get into journalism is that. Definitely uh, more opportunities have presented themselves um, from that standpoint as, unfortunately, the professional side of things continues to somewhat shrink. But... Sometimes, you know, it's all about evolving, and the, the business has been evolving for 30 years. It's continuing to evolve, and, you know, where it goes, we'll see. But mm-hmm. um, certainly um, good to just hear from the students, not just student athletes, but also students who are working within, uh, you know, trying to, to find a career in sports journalism. They're, they are out there, and um, they can be a lot of fun, take you to a lot of places. You can, you can be doing stats in a professional football stadium at a NCAA Division One bowl game, Bill Cornwell. Exactly. I mean, there are all yeah. kinds of opportunities. There's, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of jobs in various 
forms. Yes, and uh, certainly uh, want to encourage everyone to continue to look into that. Of course, we're on the campus of Marshall University. We are in a spectacular uh, studio here that is part of the broadcast uh, journalism program at Marshall. We thank Marshall for allowing us to use this studio to bring you this show every week. We also have a sign out. Take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to our resident referee, Bo Anderson. So we're closing in on cause time as well. I'm telling you guys where to go. Time's flying. Also, after the break, our basketballnight.com power ratings. You won't want to miss that. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. R.J. Klein, Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncy, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies, and tonight, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers, joins them. What they have in common, they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Congratulations tonight to Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. You can fill out the nomination form for your athletes. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes, and we'll tell their story. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Join us on Twitter, and thank you to everyone who has joined us tonight. Some of our newest followers include Mark Harper just a few moments ago, Trenton C. Barrahart, and Monica Spanella. Thank you for joining us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Send us pics of your games, your teams, your fans, and we'll feature them as part of our high-definition video feed, live streaming on Facebook, Periscope, and on YouTube. Many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You can go over to our affiliates page on basketballnight.com, find a radio station nearest you. high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling it's 11 30 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling bill cornwell with you jordan mounts also in studio with us tonight marcus constantino is here right now with our look at the basketballnight.com power ratings that's right ryan starting on the girls side in triple a greenbrier east at the top uh with a nine and one record at number one in the power ratings parkersburg uh is at number two south charleston at eight no is number three the muscleman appleman at number four 
uh, or seven and two, and Wheeling Park is at number five. On into girls double A, uh, the Wayne Pioneers are at number one. James Monroe coming in at a close number two. Fairmont Senior Polar Bears are ten and one. That's good for the number three spot. Wyoming East is eight and two at number four, and the North Marion Huskies are in rounding out the top five in double A. Now down to girls single A. St. Joe is nine and one at number one. Parkersburg Catholic is number two. Magnolia Blue Eagles, number three. The Pocahontas County Warriors are coming in at number four. And the Tulsa Rebels round out the girls' top five in single A. Now moving over to the boys' side of the BasketballNight.com power ratings. Martinsburg Bulldogs are at number one. Uh, Morgantown, number two. University coming in at number three. Cabell Midland is at number four. And Hurricane, number five. Um, Going on into boys' double-A, Chapmanville Tigers are at number one. Fairmont Senior, number two. The Bluefield Beavers are at number three. Uh, Oak Glen is fourth, and Shady Spring Tigers coming in at number five. And finally, in boys' single-A, Notre Dame Fighting Irish are at the top spot. Webster County Highlanders are number two. Williamstown is number three. The South Harrison Hawks are number four. And finally, the Trinity Christian Warriors round out the top five. That's the BasketballNight.com power ratings. These will all be posted, all 124 teams momentarily at BasketballNight.com. Marcus, you've had a whirlwind week, man. Yeah, I've been everywhere. I mean, uh, you have been. You've yeah. been Rajavik. Yeah. You've been in Dublin, Ireland. yeah. yeah it's been been a crazy week. Uh, wearing a lot of green, still wearing green. So, <laughs> and one of the interesting things that I wanted to talk about: uh, uh, there's this place called the Temple Bar in Dublin. It's I've a, been to the Temple Bar. It's quite in an Dublin. institution. Well, and, and it's ironic that uh, you were in Dublin on the anniversary week of the opening of the Guinness Brewery. Yes, which uh, was in uh, 1759. And I was there too, and I was there on. The birth date of the lease of Guinness uh, Factory signed Saint, December thirty first, seventeen fifty nine. Saint James Gate, and and the, it is still at the same location. That's right. But the thing that I wanted to talk about at the Temple Bar, I walked in, and about two minutes after I walk in, Country Road starts playing. Wow! <laughs> the band in the Temple Bar plays Country Road. As they say in uh, Ireland, uh, Temple Bar has good crack. <laughs> and, and that, of course, is a Gaelic word meaning good spirit. Wow. <laughs> that conversation you're, took you off. Were, right? You weren't ready getting, for that, Ryan. No. Ryan, you're getting an education, my friend. <laughs> right. Uh, international I, education. I, 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 I've, been, I've learned a lot right here just in the last few seconds. Uh, <laughs> always a pleasure, though, guys. And uh, Marcus, it was fun to follow your social media to see some of the sites that you shared uh, over the past few days. Flying into Rajavec on New Year's was wow. kind of just fascinating looking. Yeah, Even though you were only there for a stopover. Basically. Yeah, it was pretty incredible and good Good to be back uh, where football is football. Yes, yes, where the football is oblong and not round. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Marcus. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Caden Matheny is a junior basketball player for the University Hawks. They pick up a win tonight at Parkersburg, and they have been very good this season. Caden joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and uh, Caden, uh, I know you're on the road back to Morgantown tonight. Tell me a little bit about that game, going on the road and getting the win tonight against Parkersburg. Uh, thank you, thank you for having me. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a good win. It was a it was a hard fought battle. We uh, we started slow, but uh, we picked it up in the second half, and uh, we uh, pulled out pulled out the victory. Played well as a team. 
and your basketball team went on the road into uh, the Myrtle Beach uh, Beach Ball Classic and uh, had a good showing. I know that the one and two record wasn't what you were looking for, but you took a top 20 national team to the wire. You scored 35 points and had nine threes, which was a tournament record in the first game down there. And uh, just tell me a little bit about playing uh, that caliber of competition. Oh yeah, it was a it was a great a great experience uh, going down to Myrtle playing uh, playing the Wendell Moore top twenty player. It was a uh, it was definitely good for us. Uh, we've never we've never uh, played that type of talent before, and uh, it's definitely definitely going to help us in the long run when we play uh, big time in big time games. Um, and uh, yeah, we did we did we played pretty pretty good. Ended up going one and two, but uh, we uh, we were we were in every game, and uh, I thought we could have we could have won. Uh, the two games we lost uh, could have pulled out the victory. And the other loss came to Florence, Mississippi, in a game that was a four-point game. That's right down the wire. You had the lead over Cox Mill, North Carolina at halftime. Beat Sockesty, South Carolina, um, in, in the middle game there. And uh, again, going on the road, getting the win over Parkersburg tonight. Now you, you have a couple of days off before you take on uh, crosstown rival Morgantown. They're off to a fantastic start, too. That promises to be an outstanding environment and another big game for your team next week. Oh yeah, playing playing against MHS, you can you can always expect a expect a big game, a big challenge, and uh, they've got a they've got a really good group this year, so it's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, but we're we're gonna we're gonna be ready. I think your basketball team plays as tough of a schedule as anyone has to this point, and at six and two, make it seven and two after the win tonight. Uh, looking good as you really kind of. Start heading into the, the quote unquote the dog days of the schedule, the middle portion of the schedule. Caden Matheny, one of the top uh, basketball players within the state, some say the best, and uh, can't argue with that. Thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on your win tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, that's Caden Matheny, junior with uh, University High School, and uh, that was a team that kind of burst onto the statewide scene a year ago. They fell in the state tournament in the semifinals, but that's a very good team, Bill Cornwell. Got some athletes. Got yes, some do. athletes and uh, uh, got some guys that are, are good for the long haul mm-hmm. there. Uh, not a whole lot of size, but a little bit of size. They got six six kid inside, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a presence. Yes, and had the chance to follow them here uh, at the uh, state tournament last year. Returned a lot of players from that team, like you said. Just a very athletic team, and that's that's where they beat a lot of teams right there. They're, they're just more athletic. Well, you know, it, it's we've we've waited long enough. I, I made him wait. Almost as long as Wes McKinney had to. I can't make him wait any longer. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, joins us here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Bo, good to have you again this Friday night. Well, I'm uh, glad I didn't have to wait any longer, and uh, I hope that uh, Wes is uh, feeling privileged that he's actually on top tonight. <laughs> he is the Iron Man when it comes to uh, hold times tonight. Hey, both something that I think you touched on this a little bit last week, and, and you may have actually explained it, and I, and I might have missed it, but this was just one of these questions that came to mind. I didn't see anything of, of the like over the course of the past week, nor do I really recall seeing anything quite like it, but still, um, we talk about um, one thing that, you know, you have close games sometimes, and you end up with games in overtime. And I don't know that I've ever seen this, but I'm going to ask you about it anyway, a what-if question. If there is a technical foul, say there is 
you know, an argument over a basket that tied the game and a coach goes too far and gets a technical foul, is that assessed prior to the overtime or is that assessed at the end of the game, meaning that that free throw is to conclude the game or is that how overtime would begin? Well, no penalty carries over from one period to the next, but overtime is an extension of the fourth quarter, and uh, you could uh, shoot those shots. Uh, if that was after regulation and the score was tied, and then you know they're over there, and then we start an argument, then you would you would start with a with a technicals uh, for the overtime because the fourth period ended. Uh, now, if it's going to decide the game, let's say you call that technical right after the horn sounds and the coach gets on you and they was actually ahead, then you would actually shoot the shots to decide who wins the game. Um, but no penalty or part of a penalty carries over from one quarter or extra period to the next. So once the fourth quarter's over... Uh, then, you know, we're getting ready to start overtime, and the coach decides he's going to start arguing. Then we'll start the overtime with the <laughs> with the technical foul and, and have two shots in the ball and give the other team the possession arrow. Well, Bo, I, I got a question for you about we're a month into the season on the, on the boys' side, a little over a month on the girls' side, and how the kids uh, that you deal with been handling uh, – adjusting their games to the points of emphases that you officials have had to deal with. Of course, uh, talking about freedom of movement in the game and less of the clutching and grabbing and the hooking and you know how quickly have they adapted to the way you're calling the game based on uh, your points of emphases. Well, you know, Bill, uh, it's kind of like anything else. You know, we're going to officiate the game kind of like it's played. If it's played really good, we're usually not going to be too bad. If it's not played very good, we're not going to be very good. Uh, But I really haven't had a whole lot of extras or anything uh, rough. Um, The thing that I've had the last couple of weeks uh, to deal with that players don't understand uh, and I've not really talked about this. I've talked about setting screens before, but what I want to talk about is the ball handler picking the dribble up, handing the ball off, and then setting a screen. Uh, I've found that lately in the last little bit, and especially in a couple games I've had, when they hand the ball off and they become a screener, now they have a screen, you can stop, you can run up to them and get up as close, to, but short of contact that you want to, uh, and then it's up to the defender to, to, to go around the screen. But in the cases of the dribbler, they're handing the ball off. The defender is going by the screen, so the screener is stepping into them or arming into them and knocking them off the path. And I've had, uh, I've had several of those which are team control fouls because it's on the offense. Uh, because they don't understand that they can't pick the dribble up, hand it off, and then if the defender goes by them, turn and chuck them to get them off bounce. And uh, so that that's one that that's probably the one that I've seen the most in the last couple of weeks. Uh, other than your basic stuff, uh, screening legally, and a lot of people don't understand. Yes, you can have a moving screen. Because you've got to have contact before you can have a foul. So the guy can run beside the other guy and set a screen all the way up the court. 
and until either the defense causes contact by trying to run through the screen or the screener knocks into the defender, we have no foul at all. And then screens from behind, obviously, you have to allow a normal step. And, again, that could depend on whether the guy's 5'5", or 6'5", or 7'5", what their normal step is. But my thing that I've seen lately is uh, the last couple weeks has been screening uh, and doing it legally versus illegally. Bo Anderson, our resident referee. Hate to cut this one short, Bo, but we've got to take a break. And thanks so much for hanging in there with us and look forward to finding something obscure to maybe try to stump you with next week, although we know by now we can't stump you. (laughs) Well, Ryan, I appreciate it. I'll be calling back in, and if you don't have anything, I'll throw out another odd play to you. (laughs) All right, greatly appreciate that. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, it's cause time. You know what, guys? Yeah. We think of a poll question. All right, that's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Breaks for Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our radio affiliates, all of our affiliates online. We really appreciate you promoting the show and being part of the family. Of course, you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. You can also hear us on 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher, Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY in Moundsville. And we're also on Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Nice Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106. WHF Island Side, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW and Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Tune for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP and Clay and 90.7 FM WFGH and Fort Gay and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. You love 46 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. No greater torture than the smell of good food. Just off step <laughs> for the last 30 minutes, and we've got 15 more to go. And it doesn't matter how fast we go, the show's going to end at midnight. 
whenever that happens, which is about 13 and a half minutes from now. But uh, Marcus Constantino back with us. And Marcus, it's time to look at our poll question results from last week and this week's poll question. That's right, Ryan. Last week's poll question was, should the number of practices required by fall athletes before winter sports be reduced further? Um, It's seven right now, if I'm correct. Uh, So should it be reduced further? Uh, 67% of voters said no. 33% said uh, yes, it should be reduced further. Now, this week's poll question, should teams be forced to play their sectional um, opponents at least once during the regular season? Yes or no? You can cast your vote at basketballnight.com. You've got until 11.45 next week to get your vote in. Thank you very much, Marcus. And we're just going to jump right to cause time. Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Jump over here when you do the ooby dooby. Joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Wow, you get some Roy Orbison tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, welcome to the first edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia of 2019. Well, thank you, gentlemen. And how is everybody this evening? We are doing fantastic. Good to have you with us. And uh, Rick, a rivalry game up in uh, in Martinsburg, uh, in the area tonight with Hedgesville. That, quite frankly, did not live up to the billing. <laughs> well, I think you guys kind of got all the information on that game. Uh, Matt uh, talked to you, and and then Morgan and. Uh, uh, you know, I think we got it all covered. I'll tell you what, uh, that's, that's, you know, watching Martinsburg, wow, does that team play defense? And, you know, I hate to go to the old cliche when you say defense wins championships, but, uh, you know, when you get right down to it, you look at tonight's game, you figure Hedgesville is probably the second best team from this area, and, they were no match for Martinsburg. Cause it's getting to a point right now that uh, it's almost like football season. I mean, just no one can touch Martinsburg in the panhandle. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of thinking that's the way it's going to go this season, to be honest. You know, now let's see what happens when they get out and you know, play some other teams around the state. Um, you know, I, I know, and I, I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but I suspect uh, because they always do, they always play in Morgantown every year, usually home and home and home. So that will certainly be a test for them. But I'm just, you know, just not really sure that, excuse me, that they're going to get tested, you know, in in, in the local area. I, mean, I think they're a very good team, very deep team as well. They had five players score between. Eight and ten points tonight. You know, high score at ten points. Uh, young man by the name of uh, man, we may have heard of his name, Grant Harmon. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty good athlete. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's just like you know, talking to Dave Rogers tonight, the coach. He says, you know, he thinks that the chemistry of this team is just incredible. He says they they love to play together. They don't care who scores the points, who gets the rebounds, who does this or that, and you know it's it's, it's a nice mix of, of of team. You know, and he says it's probably not the most talented team he's ever had, and you know, talented teams don't always 
come up with the best teams. You know, there's that little tangible thing called chemistry. How do you get along? You know, obviously, uh, you know, deviating a little bit here, but uh, we, we, we saw you know, with a professional football team a lack of chemistry and, mm-hmm. and that stuff, and it's been all over the airways. Well, I didn't want to go into that. Uh, but, you know, chemistry is, is so undervalued. You know, how you get along. Uh, I think, uh, you know, and sometimes the teams that are more together can beat teams that are more athletically gifted. Which is not to say that Martinsburg doesn't have uh, some good ball players. It does. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, that ex- it's an extra little thing, the chemistry. I, I, just, I just love chemistry. Uh, absolutely. I think it's one of the more understated uh, aspects, especially in basketball, because how many times you see NBA team make a trade, they get somebody that's supposed to be the, the one that puts them over the top, and then they play much worse because it just doesn't fit what Not they're trying the to do. Not the glue. Yeah, I think his name's not... Carmelo, and he doesn't oh, fit anywhere. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry, that sounds rude, but because um, he's an excellent basketball player. It's just that his style of play doesn't fit the teams he's been playing for. Um, moving forward, um, yeah, they do play Morgantown a couple of times in terms of teams outside the panhandle but within West Virginia. And, and Rick, we you know, we as people who follow the game have no vote in terms of the postseason and how it plays out. I don't think it's too early to at least start gauging though statewide and you know, do you look at Martinsburg, do you look at University now, mind you, considering that they do have some common opponents ahead, that will at least have an opportunity to clear itself up. But um, you know, Morgantown, a Cabell Midland slash Hurricane, George Washington, the reigning state champions. You know, seeing how these all fall into place as we come down the stretch. I mean, I'm, uh, we're looking at teams that won't probably won't all make the state tournament, but at the same time, are at least threats to make it there. So, uh, it, it's kind of the the time of year where you almost take a look around, maybe more so than what you would early in the year. Oh, absolutely. The teams are done playing their their tournaments. I know, obviously, the, the big half-field shootout next weekend that you guys talked about. But for the most part, uh, the tournaments are done. We're in the conference play. And you start to find, you know, teams start to separate themselves. You know, who is going to be, you know, the teams we're looking at? And certainly, I think, you know, when you look up, uh, northern, you know, North Central, West Virginia, Northern Panhandle. You have Morgantown University, which while Caden is just, just just plain incredible, really uh, in part. And then you look down, uh, you know, obviously George Washington is defending state champion. Woodrow Wilson seems like it's starting to come together a little bit. Uh, you know, Huntington's always good. I mean, I think it's. You're going to see a lot of the same teams that we seem to see every year in Charleston, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Because certainly I think those kinds of teams give you know, the tournament excitement, but at the same time, okay, well, this is what we need to do when we're, not, we're somebody else. This is what, this is what we're, we have to chase. This is what we have to get to so that we can get into that, that upper echelon. And cause uh, you were talking about Teams from around the state. You got one of the better teams from down our way, 
up your way this uh, this weekend. The Hurricane, uh, they beat Musselman tonight, and they, they are at Spring Mill tomorrow. So fans, at least they're in Berkeley County, getting a good opportunity to see one of the better Southern teams playing up in their area. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I was you know tempted to go to that game tonight in the Musselman Hurricane just to kind of look at the Redskins, but I said, nah, I'm going to go ahead to Will Martinsburg. Uh, you know, I don't know that I'll be able to sneak away tomorrow to see the Hurricane against Spring Mills. And there's another intriguing game locally here. Uh, East Rockingham mm-hmm. from Virginia uh, is playing Musman. Apparently, this team, uh, and I had the Shepherd University coach tell me, he said, you really want to see this team play uh, from uh, near Harrisonburg. You know, they apparently got a couple six sevens. And they're scoring, you know, generally up in the high 70s, low 80s, and they're undefeated. And they said, I was told, you really want to see this team play tomorrow. So that'll be another test for Musselman. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. To, I, think it's, I think it's fun when you can, and obviously when you get a game like Martinsburg, Hedgesville, you, you can't justify necessarily going away. But it's fun to see somebody different come in, in, into your area and, to get a chance to see them when you can. I think it's always interesting to see how they handle that. And I don't always know that you get a 100% accurate gauge of their caliber of play because sometimes you don't react to the trip very well. Well, that is true. And a lot of times, you know, how teams match up against each other can you know, be very interesting. You know, you get a team that's you know, tall and talented and, Maybe somebody that's you know not you know in that range, but you know might you know might have that great chemistry, and don't have the the number of tall players, the number of great athletes, but you know how that 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 mixes together. That's you know basketball is just so intriguing, so so much so oh just just so exciting. Absolutely, and it's tough. That, I mean that you just basically outlined the reasons we love the sport. Um, Rick, thanks so much for joining us, and um, hope you had a, a, a happy New Year. Now that we're past it, I hope your New Year was happy, and I hope your what New Year guys, is happy. Well, I think it isn't. Did you guys notice? Now, if you remember last week, I said my New Year's resolution was to be totally serious the whole time. Yeah. Did I, I pass my test? Yeah, we 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 kind of cornered you into a serious basketball discussion tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Steelers crack straight as a rail. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Hey, you guys have you guys have a great weekend, okay? Thanks so much. Thanks, you Rick. Too. That's Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal, uh, a favorite here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And we still got about a minute and a half before we were out. Yep, the food smells fantastic, and we're just trying to trying to make it to the end of the program. Uh, Jordan, he talked about chemistry, though, and that's something that I think sometimes gets completely overlooked. You see sometimes collections of talent, and when you talk about the NBA Mm -hmm. especially, it just doesn't work. Chemistry will make or break a team, and it doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter uh, the level. If your team, a a band of brothers fighting together is greater as a uh, greater as a whole than it is of one, and if you have a team that has these one or two players that are phenomenal basketball players or baseball or football or or whatever it is you know that's great but you've got to have the other you but you've got to have everybody else on the team that contributes their part 
And that's that's what makes good teams great. You played baseball in college. How many times do you see Major League Baseball teams make a trade at the deadline and fall apart? Several times. Uh, you know, there's players that enter into the locker room uh, will bring out, bring about a whole different attitude. Uh, some of the positive ones, look at Justin Verlander coming to the Detroit Tigers or, yeah. or coming to the Houston Astros. Yeah, that's what exactly paid off. Guys, another basketball Friday night in West Virginia in the books. Final thoughts, Bill, on this uh, first Friday of January of 2019. No big shockers as far as uh, boys or girls play. Uh, strong teams remain strong. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, But, uh, you know, you get middle of the season sometimes, it's time for some surprises. That'll do it for this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.